Don't look at me. Talking to the mic. Don't look at me. <laughs> Why? We're not. We're on. No, look at me. Pra- you need to practice. I need to practice? Yeah, the people loved you, but you couldn't talk into the mic. Stop touching the fucking... Oh, yeah, I forgot about that. Cop cum sock. I was, Sorry, fixing, I was fixing it with my face. Where is my public? <laughs> my adoring public? They're in the microphone. Mm-hmm. That's right. Your fans. They're your adoring fans. Yeah, we shrunk them down. Your only fans. Um, did you guys ever think that Dr. John Lilly could theoretically be responsible for 9-11? He did die right beforehand. I'm just, no, he, he died, died right he after. Died after. Uh, right after. September 20th. He was alive when it happened. Yeah. That's, all, that's all I'm going. He was on also. Right now. Uh, I want to clarify. He was born on January 6th, which is actually happy birthday, John today. Lilly. We're recording. Today it. is the day. The Rest in peace. I think Echo had something to do with that. We'll I don't know. I think you should ask uh, Mary's mom's dog about John Lilly's ties to the to the. Oh, the dog the that joined ISIS. Yeah. Yeah. Ever told you about that? No. Oh, our wiener dog. Yeah, she she left. She joined ISIS. She said, you white devils will pay for what you've done. The West is just, you know, a bunch of gobbledygook. Just a bunch of, is that, can I say gobbledygook? Is that Probably. A, I, don't, I mean, you said white devils. I don't, well, I'm white, but I think Joe Biden said gobbledygook. I think it's racist to assume some people say gobbledygook. <laughs> Ruby, you going to finish that? Well, what is that, Ian? It's a e-cigarette. It is sour candy flavored. That's what I was saying, Nick. My wiener dog joined <coughs> ISIS. Her name's Queen Wiener. Um, now it's Queen Wiener Latifa, and she's currently, you know, those those micro machines they have for kids, the ca- little cars, power wheels, little power wheels. Of course, she has one of those, but it's just a, it's like a Ford Ranger white pickup truck, and there's just a tactical uh, machine gun in the back, <laughs> and she has like, you know, she wears the whole. I mean, she's, she went from. Sitting on her dog bed all day. She was overweight. She could barely walk. She was begging for treats. And now she's she's beheading people. On LiveLeak.com. On LiveLeak.com just for just for being tourists. That she'll sucks. go down. She'll go down to the town square and she'll just grab somebody that looks like they don't belong there. Anybody. Could be anybody. Could be you if you were visiting. And she takes you back to a cave somewhere in the in the networking of the mountains up there and hits record, obviously, and then uh buddy, it's not looking good. You think you know a dog, you know? Yeah. And then she has that dog in her. Yeah, well, she has that Allah in her. Interesting. Yeah. Allah, not even once. I'll never forgive Allah my dog. Me. <laughs> never forgive my dog for joining ISIS. But could you, you got everything you need? Dog? You got your phone. You got your keys. You Do you have your, your pepper? Do you have your pepper spray? Ruby can actually squirt ink out of his armpits like a <laughs> like a squid if he needs to. What kind of soup did you, did you make? Rice stuff. Mm. What's it called? Zupa. <laughs> That's just a weird way to say soup. It's not actually a name. <laughs> Bye, Bye baby. Love you. When Be you're safe. here, your family. We're going to call and make sure you're there. Remember, home by 10. Running out of time. <laughs> Better hurry up. Ruby looks really cool. Yeah. He, he always, always does. does. Yeah, he generally does. Yeah. yeah. It's a little sassy. It's a little scary. It's a little sassy. It's a
have you been recording? Six minutes. Perfect. So we got all the ISIS stuff. I don't have to do that again. Yeah. You didn't have to do that the first time either. <laughs> yeah, fun fact. You brought it up, number one. I brought it up? Um, I brought up 9-11. I just brought up the possibility. Again, you can't stop yeah. this guy from bringing up 9-11. Well, speaking of 9-11 and the Taliban, you know who uh, who the Taliban is, is trying to help out right now? All Andrew Tate? Yeah. Yeah, I don't know. When you told me, like you texted me earlier, you were like, hey, we're still recording today. I thought it was really insensitive. And I think that it's actually ridiculous that you guys expect me to be cool and calm and record an episode while Top G right now is rotting unjustly, might I add. He hasn't done Top G? Shut up. (laughs) In a Romanian jail. Not even a real country. Yeah. The Matrix. The Matrix. Like he said, Top G said. <coughs> yeah, I mean, you know the situation is dire when the legitimate, when legitimately the Taliban has to be like, hey, we're worried about his safety. Yeah. The people who cut people's heads off for fun mm-hmm. are like, he could be in. It's danger. not for fun. It's a, it's a, mm. it's business. <laughs> well, Nick, you know, you, you know do what you love. You never work a day in your life. <laughs> we like to have fun here. Um, <laughs> <laughs> You don't know who Top G is? I don't know who Top G is. I don't it's know. Andrew Tate. Why? Well, I think it's pretty simple. He's like the... There's, uh, there's alpha males. Oh. And he's the head of and the alpha G males. G comes after... Gotcha. Right. A, B, C, D, E, F. No, I think the G's just a gangster thing. Just a gangster thing? Like G unit. He's like top gangster. Um. Okay. So I don't think you don't even know what a Bugatti is. <laughs> it's kind of embarrassing, actually. That's when, like, multiple people... Uh-huh. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, that's what Andrew Tate has a bunch of those. He loves them. So many Bugattis. Yeah, I know. I know some things. Nick Nick, Nick, be known. I've stuff. watched a few Bugattis online <laughs> myself when yeah. I was alone. And Der- Derek's search history includes interracial group Bugatti. <laughs> <laughs> I just thought that the Andrew Tate connection was interesting because if you think about it, the guy we're talking about today, Dr. John C. Lilly, he's kind of like the Andrew Tate of the 20th century, if you, if you think about it. Yeah, I mean, like, not at all, but yeah, if you don't think about it, then definitely. They're exactly the same, except for they're not. Well, I thought about it, and he is kind of... If you, you don't think so? Okay. I wanted to start things off today um, with a quote from Dr. John C. Lilly. Um, I don't know if you guys know, if you'll remember in, in the first... Peter the Dolphin episode, we kind of, Ian and I kind of covered the early life of Dr. John C. Lilly, right? Born January 6th, today. Well, not today. He's born, you know. But he was born in Minnesota, and then he did a lot of stuff that involved dolphins, and uh, I can't improvise today. My brain is just, like, empty. I'm just going to yeah. have to read the script. Yeah. Do you like, want to uh, do, like, a little recap of, do you remember any of it? Your comedy's like sensory deprivation right now. <laughs> just, just, we're just floating out here waiting for something to happen. Well, you guys are supposed to be the comedy. I, I yeah. love the 31 pages. Um, oh. Say I mean, say something funny. If I remember correctly, he uh, he went to Harvard, right? Or no. Yale or Stanford? Uh, nope. or Stanford, I think. Uh, uh, no, he went to... Uh, I think Stanford. University right. of Southern California. USC. Yeah. He was a psychonaut. Mm-hmm. Yes, and then they revoked his scholarship when they found out that his family was wealthy. That's right. Yeah, that's yeah, right. Yeah, yeah, that's right. And then also, and then his dad bought the school. He mm-hmm. created the Chuggernaut. He created the Chuggernaut with uh, sensory deprivation tanks. We'll get into the Chuggernaut a little bit today. Anyway, we're gonna we're just gonna read a quote from this guy. You know what? If you didn't listen to the first episode, this is technically Peter the Dolphin 
part. It's like three point five. Yeah, so it's just like it's like the prologue. Go back and listen to Peter the Dolphin one, two, and three, and then meet us here at the beginning where it all began. At the beginning, yeah, where it all began. We're doing the George Lucas move. Honestly, you don't have to. I didn't listen to any of them. And I'm, <laughs> I'm here. I'm on the show. I didn't listen to yeah. a single episode. Well, yeah. you're uh, you're just our special little guy, Nick. Well, I think you, you just said that you knew that he got his scholarship revoked. Yeah. So, so like, obviously you're a liar. You do a little re- he did oh, research. Obviously. The one thing that Ian and I always try to tell everyone is that we are the ones that will tell them the truth. Everywhere else in their life, the news, the media. Their family. Celebrities, their family, their friends, their, friends, their partner even. They're all lying to you and we don't. So when you're on the show, I need you to be truthful. Sorry. I didn't realize this was such a reputable organization. Yeah. yeah. Well... No we're, fucking around, right? We're, we're so close to getting a blue check mark on Twitter. Yeah. yeah. All we have to do you is just pay eleven dollars. Yeah. <laughs> you just have to uh yes, you have to be honest here. I'm gonna slip my socks off. That feels nice. I'm kinda worried about Ruby's carpet though. I don't know what he's got down here. It's a nice carpet. You think so? Yeah. It's does a rug. It does it doesn't match the drapes. Seeing as that well, there are no drapes. Yeah. So Alright, here. Here's your quote from Dr. John Lilly. <coughs> uh, I'll read it. Are you, you want me to read it? Yeah, yeah. You know what? Nick can read it. This is um, spoken in the words of Dr. John C. Lilly. Give us your best. What choice. I imagine he yeah. probably sounded like. Yeah, I've yeah. never heard him speak. I have multiple right. times. You can do it. It's fine. In the province of the mind, what one believes to be true mm. is true or becomes true within certain limits to be found experientially and experimentally. <laughs> These limits are further beliefs to be transcended. In the mind, there are no limits. In the province of connected minds, what the network believes to be true either is true or becomes true within certain limits. Is this repeated? Is this part happened already? I think this part happened already. Happened already. Did I uh, did I copy and paste it? That's twice? okay. Yeah. He probably would have done that. Actually, <laughs> he probably would have repeated himself in the middle. You're not wrong. I have no. I, have I don't think several. I don't think I copied and pasted it. I think he. I, I think yeah. he had an LSD flashback in the middle of his own <laughs> speech. I don't know if he had flashbacks I've, or just. I've had to read several quotes from this man, and he basically just finds a way to say the same thing like four times in a row. It's very. It's, oh, I see. He just weird. he just really liked that line experientially and experimentally. He just liked it so he's much. He used it twice. It. Yeah. yeah. Well, I, I hate him. If Alliteration. You think about it, like, I hate him. He's kind of smarter than all of us, so maybe we should. Well, you don't him hate him. I disagree. You don't hate him yet. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> I'm sorry about that. I really thought that. Yeah. I'm he was sorry. a psychonaut, Nick. Anyway, I'll just pick up then. Okay. So uh, after the yeah, in the <laughs> province of connected minds. Sorry, the voice in connected minds. What the network believes to be true either is true or becomes true within certain limits to be found experientially and experimentally. Mm. These limits are further beliefs to be transcended in the network's mind. There are no limits. Yeah, he he's just a dangerously insane human. I think uh, it, No Limits was a sweet clothing company that he actually developed afterward. <laughs> no Limits by John Lilith. <laughs> no Limits by John C. Lilith. Well, no Liliths. He actually did write... Um, that quote within a book. Uh, he probably, I think, what, how many books did he write? Nine or something like that? Too many. Do we have time to just go through this and see if any of it makes any sense? Nope, because the uh, we have 31 pages of that. Kay. So, uh, <laughs> so it's not just me. I'm not. I'm, oh no, no, he's a no, yeah. He's, he's, insane. Uh, he's out something. Of his mind. We'll find out why. We'll okay. find out why he uh, at LSD first, spoiler. Alert. He was a very uh, successful scientist and and doctor before he. Well, I don't want to give it away, but that was from his book titled "The Human Biocomputer." He also wrote a book titled 
Tanks for the Memories, Flotation Tank Talks. Do you guys want to hear a quote from that book? Not particularly. If you get into these spaces at all, you must forget about them when you come back. You must forget your omnipotent and omniscient and take the game seriously. So you'll engage in sex, have children, and participate in the whole human scenario. When you come back from a deep tank session, or a coma, or psychosis, there's always this extraterrestrial feeling. You have to read the directions in the glove compartment so you can run the human vehicle once more. God. I love how condescending he is to like what most people consider to be like really wonderful goals for a human life and he's like yeah you can you can pretend like having a family and fulfilling relationships is really something real but you should be more like me you should be alone face down in a tank of water in the darkness doing fucking nothing i take nine baths a day he was actually doing quite a lot in the tank and we're gonna get to that you guys you'll thank him later you think that he's doing nothing but he you know what i'm not gonna ruin it again but uh i do have one question do you think he paid child support with what money would he have paid child yeah, uh, support? Government, government uh, grants and loans. And I think he probably <laughs> paid it to the half-dolphin babies, but not to the human ones. Not at all. Please kill me. They're actually like he, called, they're he, called he, delphins. Are they? Yeah. Oh. We actually learned that. They are delphins. And I, did you want to see one? We posted a diagram of the anatomy of a delphin. Can you hand me my phone here so I can show I Nick sure this will. delphin? Your iPhone SE that totally makes you muggable. Yeah. So everybody else knows we posted the delphin... On our Twitter, and I'm going to show Nick. Here's your delphin. Yeah, I, I did see that. Okay. That has a retractable penis. Yeah, he can. Interesting. His, yeah. yeah. As do we all. Yeah. It's crazy. He can open a jar of peanut butter with his sphincter. It's it's quite <laughs> impressive. Um, And then he uh, spreads it on his balls so that dogfish can lick it off. Ian, are you just taking pictures of my feet and sending them to people? No. Okay. Do you think Tanks for the Memories is a... Um, <laughs> Is a reference to uh, Hitchhiker's Guide to the Galaxy? I think it's just a Fall Out Boy song. Also, I think Hitchhiker's Guide to the Galaxy was probably influenced by John. I don't know why I thought that. I'm thinking like dolphins. I'm thinking like thanks for all the fish. Yeah. So long and thanks yeah. for all the fish. You yeah. know, so sad I had to come to this yeah. face down in we the tried to sensory warn you deprivation all, tank. But well. Have fun. Have you guys ever? Okay, it probably isn't. Probably a coincidental. No, I was asking about the child support because I was thinking about how awesome and like how much of a good dad he would be if he would send his kids a pleasure button in the yeah. mail, like like Chugger's button, with a little note explaining how to hook the electrodes up to their brain. It's just like, every three minutes, press this button. Yeah. So, Jonathan, your mother keeps telling me, calling me and asking for money to buy more Kleenex because you won't stop tugging on your little pecker like a madman. Not like just one button, right? Welcome back to Little Sassy Little Disturbed, everyone. <laughs> like a man possessed by some sort of masturbatory demon, Jonathan. My name is Ian. With me, as always, my faithful companion and short little gremlin, Derek. <clears throat> Jonathan, I'm going to be honest with you. I'm going to need you to save some of that seed because the aliens that I've been communicating with, when I'm absolutely out of my mind on acid, they have been asking me about my son's cum. And once, once again, everybody, our good friend, friend of the show, friend of ours... Nick. Nick is back. I'm going to level with you, Jonathan. I have engaged and I'm currently engaging in sexual intercourse with the entire universe right well, now. Welcome back, Nick. Uh, that wasn't me. That, was the, yeah. that wasn't me saying that. <laughs> After you introduced me, you yeah. said that, but that wasn't me. How you doing, Nick? Good. The whole universe. My penis has been everywhere. <laughs> yep. 
You know that song, I've Been Everywhere, Man? <laughs> My penis wrote that. <laughs> About all of it. Yeah. Been to Alabama, Arkansas, something, something, Texas. Texas I've been everywhere, man. I've been everywhere. Yeah, anyway. He's just talking about, like, not just on planet Earth, though. Yeah. Happy New Year, everybody. It's been a while. Thank you. You know. January 6th. January 6th. Never forget. Is the day we're recording this in, Uh you know, honor of those brave souls. This episode is dedicated to real American patriots. Like Dr. John C. Lilly. Yep. And Andrew Tate. Top G. Free Top G. May or may not be from the UK. <laughs> so, but he really embodies American ideals. Yeah, yeah. Entrepreneurship, going bald, smoking uh, cigars, smoking cigars, sexually harassing women. Mm. God, I love this country. Bugatti. That's is that Italian? I think it's German. It's a German car. Nick, you're a car guy. Oh, I'm so I'm so into it. Yeah, I'm a car guy. How many Bugattis have you done? Personally. Again, if that's what I think it is, none. <laughs> um, if it's not what you think it is. Yeah, Bugatti's, it's not the same thing it used to be. It used to be a brand a really long time ago, in like the 20s. They won a lot of races, and then <laughs> they resurrected the brand. It's a part of Volkswagen now. But, yeah. yeah. Wow. So you you never thought it was a bunch of people coming on one person's face? Nah, man, you told me to come to Ruby's, try to be funny, uh-huh. and I'm doing my darndest. So far, so good. You know, so, great. good job, Nick. Uh, a few weeks ago, uh, during Peter the Dolphin Part 1, we sort of gave you a brief background on Dr. John Lilly, me and Ian. Yeah, we gave you his resume, essentially. Right. Like, if you, re- if you remember, he was born in Minnesota on January 6th in 1915. We also talked about how he was a physician, a neuroscientist, a psychoanalyst, a philosopher, an inventor, a psychonaut. He also published 19 books and pretty much just seems like an all-around cool guy. What didn't this man do? <laughs> Pay his child support. Well, he gave him a button. <laughs> Giving your child a choice is more important than a, an allowance. Yeah. Personally. Well, basically, we left off um, Dr. Lily's found, Excuse me. We left off Dr. Lily's story with the foundation of the Dolphin Lab so that we could transition into covering Margaret and Peter's uh, relationship, you know, together. We're going to pick up the good doctor story right back up at that point. We're going to pick that. We're going to pick uh, we're going to pick our dicks up and we're going to set them on the shelf over here next to Ruby's collection of uh, ornate guitars. And I believe that is a, an icon of Jesus. And then there are some naked uh, children on his wall. Cherubs, there. if you will. Well, we're going to pick up the story. Of Dr. Lily, right up at the Dolphin Lab, all right? So, all right. the basic background... You listened to the episodes right now? Of course. Great. Very good. Thank you for the support. Basically, the idea behind communicating with dolphins and, you know, forming the Dolphin Lab in order to do that uh, came from Dr. Lily's first wife, Mary Crouch, noticing that uh, bottlenose dolphins were quite adept at making and mimicking human speech. Yeah, you know... Rather than, like, parrots and, uh-huh. you know, crows, birds that have actually shown signs of actual comprehension of human language, she chose uh, r- little slimy fish fish people. Well, they're mammals, yeah. Uh. Have you seen that movie Parrot Trap with Lindsay Crohan? <laughs> <laughs> Boo! <laughs> Let's go. Okay. Well, the observation of uh, the dolphins talking with Mary Crouch uh, occurred in 1957 
while the Lilies were conducting research with dolphins in Florida. This was roughly three years after Dr. Lilly had developed the first rendition of an isolation tank. And Ian, would you please explain to any unaware listeners what an isolation tank is? It's basically a bathtub mm-hmm. that you get in, right? Yeah. You uh, grab a razor blade. Nope. You cut your wrists. Nope. And then you just feel the warmth nope. and the light leave your body. Well, you do float away. There is no self-harm involved. Have you ever been in an isolation tank, Nick? I would never do that. I just wouldn't. Why? Because you already feel so alone. Wow, nice. You nailed it. You didn't even give me time. <laughs> yeah, that's why. Comedy. You don't think it would like connect you with your inner self? I don't want to do that. <laughs> <laughs> I'm not interested in meeting myself. I already hate myself. I, I don't get think to better. that there's. I don't think there's a better version underneath here. <laughs> I think that this sack of shit that I present <laughs> is what it is, and I don't think that. I mean, now you're you're you kind of no. Um. <laughs> I'm talking about myself. I'm not talking about you. Oh, okay. Yeah. Okay. And neither is Ian talking about himself. We would never. So basically, an isolation tank yeah. is is a bathtub, uh, where they recommend having the water be at I believe whatever skin temperature is, so like roughly ninety something degrees, uh, and then they fill it with uh, Epsom salt so that the buoyancy level is of the water is it's much denser, so you float a lot easier, uh, and then there's no sound. There's no light you can't see anything so it's just you and yourself and your thoughts floating around in ecstasy really what if in in solitary confinement they just like threw him in an isolation tank he'd probably love it you think like rehabilitation right yeah well anyway basically like you said it's it's emulating a return to the womb it's floated in floating in heated water completely in a dark little soundproof chamber not a big deal why is that good I've never done it, and I want to talk. You know, there could be plenty of listeners that are into that sort of thing. Never done it myself. Don't like being naked. I don't know if you have to. Do you have to be naked? <laughs> Actually, I think so. I don't know. At least in a bathing suit. Yeah, I don't want to get my jeans all sticky. I love. It. I love how he loves these uh, these acronyms that are also spell another word. <laughs> so funny. Restricted environmental. Well, that's how. Isn't that what acronyms? Do? Not always, right? No. Sometimes an acronym right, is just yeah, like ASPCA or WPA. yeah, you know, yeah, yeah. Mm-hmm. ASMR, yeah. FBI, female, female body, body inspector. inspector. Hell yeah, oh, yeah. That's, that rule's actually so hard. <laughs> that's fucking almost nothing cooler than that. Dude. But yeah. I just I just noticed because that's he called. What did he call the tank? So yeah, he found the the tank to be relaxing, right? And so he elected to refer to it as the restricted environmental <laughs> stimulation technique or rest. Rest. Yeah, he yeah, found it. I love it. Rest because yeah, yeah. it's like it's like echo, R-R. right? He thought that people were there was like a government organization or something called Echo that was looking. I'm gonna out for I'm gonna explain Echo to you completely. Okay. Okay. Sorry. 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 Number yeah. one, don't spoil it. Sorry. Number you can two. Cut that out. Number two. No, leave it in because it is important. Interesting. It's not the enough, government. There was a Sega Genesis game called Echo the Dolphin. I was gonna ask if you guys have played that. No, but it's it's based on him. Okay. Is it? Yes. <sighs> really? Uh, we actually do have another quote from Dr. John Lilly about this, and it's actually from. Uh, it's from www.wheretofloat.com. Actually, I think it, I think it'd be cooler if we just heard it from John C. Lilly himself, telepathically. Yeah. <laughs> oh, we, do you guys hear if that? We channel his I voice. I think he's buzzing in. Yeah, here he is. Here he is. Here he is. Here he is. All the average person has to do is to get into the tank, <laughs> in the darkness, <laughs> and the silence, and you float around. Until he realizes he is programming everything that's happening inside <laughs> his head. 
You are free of the physical world at that point, and anything can happen inside your head because everything is governed by the laws of thought rather than the laws of the external world. So you can go to the limits of your conceptions. Don't like that. <laughs> um, I'm, this is the... I'm, I just have, I have to ask. This is, this is immature. It's childish. Do you think he ever tooted in there? <laughs> of course, of course. Yeah. Well, that's only because he governed himself to do so. Yeah. Yeah. No. <laughs> you get inside your own head, and you program your body to go, <laughs> let one out. No, he, he, he actually faked all of this just to have an excuse to get away from people and deal with his go terrible... Go yeah. He just said IBS. Yeah. <laughs> Do you think, based on these quotes, though, try to get back to the topic here, do you think that he was, like, into crystals and shit like that? Probably. I think he would be now, but I don't know, yeah. if, I don't know if crystals was were, Was it like, a thing? Yeah. Well, I think I, when when we see, like, hippie documentaries. They're always about beads and shit. Yeah. Right? Nick, didn't you what write a song called What Does That Rock Do? Um, you know, I think I participated. It was a communal effort. Okay. Yeah. Something like that. Nick was actually telling me about this lady that he knows who's super into crystals. Yeah, I know somebody like that. She, I know I know a lot of people who are super into crystals. But this lady, no, 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 this lady's different. She has a water bottle that has a crystal inside of it, <laughs> like in the middle. I, so I it's heard just about soaking in the water, yeah. Yeah, crystal energy water. Full fluoride does come from rocks. Right. So. Well, yeah. No, I mean, we all know a bunch of people that are really into crystal. But Florida. Remember Crystal Light? Comes from Florida. They still make it. Yeah. Yeah. Gross. Did you know he has a son named Zohar? Zohar? Does he? Yeah. Like, you don't mess with the Zohar? Florida has a son. <laughs> no, you Florida's son is Zohar Ryder. <laughs> you don't mess with the Zohar Ryder. Okay, well, this is going to take us into the early 1960s. <laughs> I don't like it. Okay. Oh, God. We're in the 60s now. Dump them out. Dump them out. All right. Well, as we learned on the previous episode, the Dolphin Lab was established in 1960, and while Dr. Lilly remained somewhat involved, he had his hands full with numerous projects. Yeah, and Margaret had her hands full with Peter the Dolphin. And her feet as well, I believe. Yeah, Yeah, foot, legs, his teeth. Yeah. Yeah. Well, during the early 1960s, Dr. Lilly was introduced to a number of psychedelic drugs, including LSD, and these would heavily influence the rest of his life. I want to imagine that the first time somebody offered it to him, he said no. <laughs> I'm good, thank you. No, yeah. I just had a bunch of LSD right. earlier. So. I don't want to get addicted to it. <laughs> yeah. No, I think the first time it was like, because at this time you have to think of like all these doctors like are just trying it like these scientists are just right like, you want to just you want to just like take one of these and see what happens with me like kind of thing they were like hey check out my new invention it's called uh lysergic acid dimethylene yeah they're just doing what like homeless people do under bridges now where they're like dude i just found this do you want to smoke it yeah okay well he began receiving funding from multiple sources including the united states military to conduct experiments with these psychedelics yeah i saw that movie it's called uh, the men who stare at dolphins yeah, the George Clooney vehicle, right? Well, I think he probably drives a Bugatti. <laughs> hey, I think he drives a <laughs> Zohar. Like, you don't mess with the Zohar. <laughs> so, I think we kind of touched on this in the first episode. But and Lil- Margaret touched on Dolphin in okay, the third episode. Nope. Dr. Lilly had a habit of using himself as the guinea pig for experiments, and psychedelics were no exception. 
He began experimenting on himself with multiple psychedelics. However, it seems that acid soon rose to the top as his trip of choice. This guy sounds like a really cool time. Actually, no, he doesn't. This guy was probably, he, you know, the guy at the party who's always your mind, like, yeah. he, he shows up and he's already zonked out. Yeah, he like, he like shows up in a sensory deprivation. <laughs> Everybody like, knows that guy. He's like Bubble Boy, but it's yeah. a floating deprivation tank. You're just like, what are you doing, John? He's like, I'm governing. What am I not like, doing right now, drink? man? Yeah, 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 just like poured in. Just, uh, what just, am I not? No, no poison for me, thanks. <laughs> oh, my God. Well, okay, so we know he tested them on himself, but we also do know that he tested these psychedelics on animals, including dolphins. No monkeys? This guy sucks. I think that he tested psychedelics on monkeys, yeah. But as far as we know, there weren't many. Well, everybody was doing it. It's just everybody was free love. Not Could you everybody imagine? was giving it to animals. Could you yeah, it no, it was everybody. It was American as apple pie. Could you imagine if he gave Chugger acid while still having access to the pleasure button? We need to make a video of Chugger blasting off into space with the pleasure button on acid. Like, have you seen the movie Heavy Metal? Yes. Yeah, like that. How, how, how hard do you think he would have to come to reach escape velocity? With acid? Not too hard. I think if dolphins you if, don't come out of the blowhole, do they? No, they come out of their penis. I showed you a dolphin penis earlier. Oh, but if Chugger, I think if Chugger waited six minutes to push the button, oh, so he could double down, double down, and he's just gone. It's it's after that. It's the universe. Double down is a registered trademark of KFC Kentucky Fried Chicken. It's a good time to point out that this episode of Little Sassy, Little Disturbed is brought to you by KFC Kentucky Fried Country, Country Fried Chicken. It's where we, right now we have a spread. The only thing that we eat when we record is mashed potatoes, gravy, the Kentucky Fried, the chicken. Extra crispy. The, the family. All sandwiches made from chicken that was treated with LSD. Yeah. The family basket. And we have the secret ingredient. We know what it is. It's LSD. And it's the 12th urban spice. If you don't get a mustache hair that calls you the <laughs> Okay, what's what? <laughs> um, he had some of the KFC. Right? Yeah. So he's making connections. The KKKFC. So I don't know a lot about the other animals that he dosed with LSD, but as far as the dolphins were concerned, uh, there weren't very many perceivable effects. It was pretty much all in the dolphin's head, you know? Yeah. It's like that MK Ultra guy who injected an elephant with LSD. We do have to talk about the elephant in the room. I've just given one a lethal dose of acid. Yeah. Well, this was uh, actually an article I found uh, called Tusco's Last Trip. Tusco? Like, they called him because he has tusks? That's like if I called you Mustacho. Yeah, it's like, sort of similar. Just not very creative. No. Tell me in again. Who's Tusco? Tusco's the elephant that's going to get LSD. Right. MK Ultra. Yeah, Mortal right? Kombat. You guys know MK Ultra? Fatality. Yeah. We'll talk about MKUltra a little bit more later. Okay. Tusco's last trip. Here it is. So they injected this elephant, they, some scientists, injected this elephant with somewhere around like 25 times the dose required for hallucinations in humans. Basically 10 times what it would take to produce psychosis. They probably just figured that it's such a big animal that they needed that much, but in actuality they were just all really fucked up from frying on acid all the time you just up the dosage yeah it's not a big deal no it's like if if one beer is not doing it anymore before you drive it's two you should have 25 times that amount. yeah yeah <laughs> yeah you should at least have 25 times the amount before you hop behind the wheel of a vehicle well the math checks out an elephant is 25 times bigger than a person so it's huge yeah yeah okay well most of the articles i found about this say that the scientists said they injected Tusco with LSD in an attempt to trigger a condition referred to as must 
Like Elon Musk? Elon Musk. Uh, basically, this is when the bull elephant gets real horned up. The You know, the male. He gets all... Why did they think that this would I thought they were called it? tusks. I think this is an excuse, but we'll get to that later. But it basically, muth is when the elephant gets all horned up and aggressive. Like when we have a few too many bush lights. Exactly like that, yep. Um, Muth lights. <sighs> I'm sorry. Well, and the, <laughs> well the, the scientists claimed this reasoning, and, and the media reported it as such. So the main scientist, Dr. Jolly West. That's that's no not way. a real name. <laughs> no way. This is a pseudonym, probably. So. It's a uh, nom de plume. He was heavily involved with MKUltra, and I think it's safe to say that they injected Tusco, the elephant, with 297 milligrams of LSD <laughs> just to see what the fuck was going to happen. Right? Did they make the perfect elephant soldier? No. Um, and I'm actually going to let this article from The Guardian, trusted source, uh, fill you in on exactly what happened to him, Nick. Uh, do you want to do you want to read this uh, article from the Guardian for us? Sure. Yeah. Sure. So basically, what happened is um, mm-hmm. early in the morning, an assistant ran up and said, "Doctor Jolly, sir. Doctor Jolly, the elephant's all horned up, sir." <laughs> is that what happened? Not really. No. Oh. So what happened is this. Uh huh. Doctor Jolly, <laughs> the prize of Oklahoma City Zoo, Tusco. Yep. Uh, was getting was injected with 297 milligrams of LSD, an enormous dose even for an elephant, and more than 30 times what a three-ton human might receive. <laughs> there is no three-ton human. What the, well, what it's a, sort of a, a ratio of if there yeah, okay. was a three-ton human. After five minutes, Tusco trumpeted, fell over, <laughs> defecated, and began shuddering violently. <laughs> his pupils dilated, his legs became stiff, he bit his tongue, and his breathing became labored. This is fucked up. <laughs> Yeah, it's just this elephant really is overdosing sad. on LSD. Yeah, look, <laughs> really sad. Everybody's dad's done this after a long night at the pub. Twenty minutes later, in an attempt to calm him, uh-huh. a large, again almost certainly too large amount of anti of the antipsychotic thorazine, thorazine, excuse me, was injected into the elephant, probably <laughs> inducing a massive drop in blood pressure and heart palpitations. <laughs> mm-hmm. It didn't help. Right after <laughs> another hour, West pumped Tesco with a tranquilizer. Doctor Jolly West. Excuse me, Dr. Jolly pumped <laughs> Tesco with a tranquilizer. Hey, this will cheer you up. <laughs> they were just they were just thrown at the elephant to see what I'm going to give you 25 times the amount of clowning around. <laughs> <laughs> Jolly West does. Is that Kanye West's clown, clown he goes, sona? He goes, I prescribe 20 milligrams of laughter. <laughs> Jolly West this would kill a 30 ton man. <laughs> the healing power of laughter. Jo- Jolly West, known colleague of Patch Adams. Mm. <laughs> so a few minutes later, um, the elephant was dead. Yeah. <laughs> this is again, this is from the article, really. Uh, yeah. I'm not just fucking around. He really died. Yeah. The whole process took one hour and 40 minutes. Uh-huh. A great deal of controversy surrounds the Tesco experiment. Huh. Rumors persist that West was on LSD during the experiment. <laughs> He's riding with him, dude. And the following autopsy, and that he shot Tusco with an with amphetamines. Like, shot him up, like, you know. <laughs> yeah, he gave him meth. While the experiment is quoted as evidence of LSD's toxicity, it seems most likely that the Thorazine or the combination of drugs killed Tusco, not the acid. Yeah. Yeah. Yeah, for sure. Yeah. Lending credence to this, in 1984, psychologist Ronald K. Siegel repeated the experiment with two elephants. <laughs> <laughs> you know what they say, second and third time's the charm. Maybe you just didn't have enough elephants. You ever think about that, Jolly? <laughs> the brochure said there'd be a few elephants. They didn't say there'd be this many. 
<laughs> Maybe um, Tusco was lonely. He got lonely. himself two elephants <laughs> yeah. using LSD only, and both survived. Uh-huh. Tusco's trip was one great leap for elephant kind that need never be made again. Wow. That's in the article. Yeah. Can elephants jump? Not very high. <laughs> but Tusco was pretty high. Yeah. <laughs> they can't jump, but they can trip. I think. So, basically what happened was yep. is that they gave this elephant too much acid, uh-huh. and then they gave him too much antipsychotic, yep. and then they gave him too much meth. Mm-hmm. Too much tranquilizer. I'm going to go out on a limb here and say that <laughs> giving an, uh, an unwilling elephant any acid is too much acid. They basically yeah, they basically overdosed him on everything, so they started out with acid, and then the, like, the antidote to acid they overdosed him on, and then they gave him downers. Yep. They gave him too much downers, and then to counteract giving him too much downers, they gave him too much uppers. And so they were just like, "Fuck it, well, this elephant you, parties." Listen, when you're when you're cooking a delicious stew, you can put in too much pepper, but you can't go back on the too much pepper. So you have to right. counteract with it more salt with something else, right? With some yeah. more salt, and then you put in too much salt, but the pepper's good. But now there's too much salt. You have to counteract more pepper that with. <laughs> you can never have too much acid in there. <laughs> well, Tesco might. How know. much vinegar can you put in a stew? Was that a real question? You really want to You want cuz we could talk about it. Yeah. For anyway. <laughs> oh man. Well, by the way though, MK Ultra for those who aren't familiar with it was a CIA program that started in the early 1950s where they basically spent 20 years trying to use acid and other methods to produce a truth serum or to just wipe people's minds and make the perfect soldier. So were Dr. Lilly's experiments part of MK Ultra? Yeah, I mean, I asked myself that same question, obviously. Uh, during my research for this episode, my first response would be yes. So I Googled it, and uh, I Googled John C. Lilly MK Ultra. Yeah. And went right to the point. And uh, there was one search result that contained both of those words. Yeah, it was the uh, the Quora that you posted asking, was John <laughs> was John Lilly ever involved with MK Ultra? The phone calls coming from inside the house. <laughs> no, what I found was a formerly classified report written by Lilly in the <coughs> late 1950s that was covered... I'm sorry, recovered among various papers he left behind at Stanford after his death. Uh, it's crazy to me that he just left a bunch of papers behind at Stanford because he was only there for like t- 10 months. But he doesn't really seem like a very organized person. Right. right. Just kind of haphazardly throwing documents around. Sure. He made a lot of paper <laughs> airplanes. Yeah. He busted into the library. And just <laughs> <laughs> Free your minds. <laughs> he, 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 he really took Dead Poets Society to heart. He was like, throw out your books. <laughs> Throw away your papers. Stand on your desk. How many Robin Williams have we done today? Three? <laughs> do you want to see my final Robin Williams? Yeah, at the very end, we're going to do the, the. Ian's going to do his Robin Williams impersonation. Yeah. We have a ceiling fan. Yeah. So the title of this formerly classified report that he left behind was On Modified Human Agents. And it discussed the behavioral alteration and control over such agents. Mm. Uh, I should clarify that. With MK Ultra, they did a lot of dosing with acid, including they dosed an entire town that didn't know they were getting dosed. They dosed each other How? at parties to vapor in the air. Um, they vaporized Chem acid. Chemtrails. Yeah. Yes. Yes, K Ultra. And so, but they also just like kidnapped kids and beat the shit out of them for like 20 years to see if they could make them into a super soldier. That's how they made all the school shooters. God, I miss Dylan Klebold. Timothy McVeigh. Also, Timothy McVeigh. No, those are all the conspiracy theories that people come up with this, but it is actually sort of interesting that the Unabomber was part of one MK Ultra experiment. Ted Kaczynski. Yeah, good for him. 
Yeah. American what, hero Ted Kaczynski. Really? He was part of an experiment. He was a part of like one, he was one. a researcher or he was researched on. He was a student and they asked oh. him they yeah, they did. I don't I don't think they did anything too intense with him. I think they did something. They were like, like, "Hey, do you want to put bombs in the mail later?" "Hey, are you going to shit in a bucket and live in a tiny shack and then send people improvised pipe bombs you bought at Home Depot later?" Yep. And he was like, mm, "I don't know." <laughs> <laughs> Well, 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 Dr. Jolly said I should have as much fun as possible. <laughs> well, in fact, Dr. John Lilly claimed that, quote, the use of sensory isolation, electrostimulation of the brain, and the recording and mapping of brain activity could be used to gain, quote, push-button control over motivation and behavior. Which leads Wouldn't us to nice? mm-hmm. the chugger not Soon, right? Well, you imagine having a button where you could just, like, go on a diet or... Like stop smoking cigarettes, or hmm. right? It's called drinking and driving. It's the cure to everything. You want to quit smoking? Start drinking I've got and driving. One ticket to paradise. That's like climb behind the wheel in my jail. Gun. Is that why? What's that? They don't let you smoke in jail. Right? Yeah, that's, no, that's no. do they not? I thought that was like a big. <laughs> what am I gonna trade my asshole for now? <laughs> Fun. Okay. Well, he also wrote that this research could someday uh, conduce quote. Wow, I use the word conduce, I'm a loser. He also wrote that this research could someday conduce, uh, quote, master-slave controls directly over one brain, oh, excuse me, directly of one brain over another. So Dr. Lilly's mind control research took him to the University of Pennsylvania, where sometime between 1946 and 1953, he created a method for, quote, harmlessly, and harmlessly is in quotation marks, like, because it's, you know, Dr. Lilly, but harmlessly, uh, a method for harmlessly implanting electrodes into the brain of unassisted, unassisted, you can help me out here? Unanesthetized. Nick, what is that? Unanesthetized. Unanesthetized. Where, where is this? Wow. More on page 10 at the bottom. Page here? 11 of 31. Harmlessly implanting electrodes into the brains of Unanesthetized. Unanesthetized. Did I do it right? I guess. Felines and macaque monkeys. Anesthetized. Anesthesia. 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 No anesthesia. Monk- uh, cats and monkeys that were had no... Yeah. Anesthesia. Yeah, like a sick little serial killer cutting the skin off of cats in his backyard. This guy sucks a lot. Well, he gets better. So yeah, uh, Margaret Blue. So. so that was okay. Sorry. So he figured out how to quote harmlessly implant electrodes into the brain of uh, alive, alive and fully aware cats and macaw monkeys. Macaque. Macaque. I got one ticket to paradise, and this brings us to Chugger. So, according to this website, I found this report on Sage Publications, a scholarly source. By You're the very way. proud of that. I'm very proud of it. I really am. Yeah. Thank you. You went to a very expensive university. I'm almost 30 years old. Yep. According to Sage Publications, quote, Lily used this technique to carry out several experiments involving the implantation of 25 electrodes into the cerebral cortex of monkeys. Low-level electric currents produced in the monkey's brain were then run through an amplifier that could drive 25 analog light sources each emitting varying light intensity in proportion to the signal data from the electrodes. This early brain mapping device, which Lily called the Bavitron, 
uh, provided a provided a real-time image of the electrical activity of the brain, which could be recorded using a motion picture camera or represented using an electro-iconogram. You guys following along? Is this yeah. Great? Is this interesting? No. In the early 1950s, Lilly began drafting a proposal to carry out long-term, large-scale research project based on this method. Concerned that the University of Pennsylvania would be unable to support such a project, he sent an early draft of the proposal to the Rockefeller Foundation's Director of Medical Science, Robert Morrison, and Robert Morrison suggested that Lilly apply for a position with the newly formed NIMH under the directorship of Seymour Cady. Of course. Mm-hmm. Seymour Katie? Reminds me of my uh, itty-bitty Seymour Kitty titty committee. I think that you have brain damage. Maybe I do, maybe I don't. Check him for electrodes. Yeah. And <laughs> What's in that brain of yours? <laughs> I'm a sick puppy. Oh, yeah, okay. Yeah, a little yeah. sassy, a little disturbed. Take you out back and put a bolt in the back of your head. The old yeller. <laughs> That's terrific. I thought the lights were kind of dim in here. No, it was just me. As we know, Dr. Lilly's work with dolphins in Florida led to funding from NASA, which allowed him to open the facility on the island of St. Thomas that we covered in the two previous episodes. Or three. We talked about it a lot. Yeah. It probably didn't hurt that Dr. Lilly apparently convinced NASA that one day dolphins would have a seat at the United <laughs> Nations and that they could broaden our horizons uh, regarding the history of our planet and the science behind it. Basically, humans and dolphins riding a little tandem bicycle together as a team to solve global issues. How would a, bi- how would a dolphin ride a bicycle? I want to know. It's a figure of speech. You know what else is a figure of speech? Well, it's actually more of a... Uh, mm-hmm. mm more of an empty threat if you keep banging the microphone stand i'm going to kill you i hit it one time my feet were falling asleep it was there at the saint thomas lab where dr lily continued his research with psychedelics regularly dosing himself and the dolphins with lsd lily claimed that he once injected excuse me lily claimed that once injected with lsd dolphins became up to 70 percent more vocal yeah but they were probably just saying some shit like i'm freaking out over here man I don't even know if I can breathe anymore. It's like, this dolphin sure is talking a lot. And it's just like, oh my God. I mean, wouldn't wouldn't you want to figure out what the dolphins are saying before you dose them with LSD, right? Like, wouldn't you want to, wouldn't, no? I'm not sure that any of the doctors that were giving animals LSD were very concerned with what the animals were saying. All right. We know what Chugger was saying. Turns oh out, yeah! Turns out that uh, doing acid actually makes you able to understand dolphins. So that's like, true. Like, like the thinking here is like, shouldn't okay? We got to figure out what their language means so we can communicate. No, 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 no. no, 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 no. Let's do the acid first. Yeah. <laughs> Let's do the acid first. Can we do the acid first? We don't, and then we'll maybe we'll research the language. He, Ian, and I talked about it in, in the previous episodes. He never, they were he refused to learn the dolphins' language. They were obsessed with forcing it to speak English instead of. Remember, they like oh, weren't yeah, interested yeah, at all yeah, in like in like yeah. communicating with him. They were like, "No, no, no! You just have to learn English." Yeah, and he was already he was already fluent in Mandarin. It was crazy. Um, the dolphin. Yeah. So sometimes and Lily didn't care about that at all. Weird. Well, Doctor Lily, and this is Doctor Lily. I would never say this. I respect everyone, but Doctor Lily said, "Not even a real language," which is like dolphin. A, no, the other one, Mandarin. Oh well, yeah, it's oranges. I mean, oranges I you can't know, even talk. and I told him I've actually I talked to Doctor Lee, and I told him 
It's like the second highest spoken language in the world. And I just imagine fucking eight-year-old you being like, Well, Dr. Lily, I think that you're a little short-sighted, Dale. Everyone deserves a chance, Dr. Lily. Just look at me. I was adopted. Please don't give me any more LSD. <laughs> uh, Sometimes Lily would dose one dolphin and then put it in a tank together with a sober dolphin, which is basically how Ian and I record the podcast. That's how you guys met, right? Yeah. He's sober and I'm not. He wasn't sober when I met him. Well, I was at the aquarium and Derek was jerking off a dolphin. <laughs> yeah, he was banging his head. <laughs> he was calling glass, it research. Like, over and over. <laughs> hey. <laughs> My name's Derek. <laughs> <laughs> you know when you do this, the dolphins I had 25 mate. times the lethal dose of LSD. <laughs> you want some dolphin cum? I got <laughs> plenty. When you do this, it make, they make milk. They can do it. A lot. A lot. Every it just th- keeps coming out. Every three minutes. Every three minutes. Well, other times the trip and dolphins would be put together with a human. In fact, my research has led me to believe that Peter was dosed several times while he lived with Margaret. Apparently, Dr. Lily would occasionally plop a dolphin in the sensory deprivation tank alongside with him, though I'm not sure if these dolphins were dosed with psychedelics first like before you put them in the tank or not i think it kind of defeats the purpose of being in a sensory deprivation tank if you're gonna have something to not deprive you of sensory so you know a dolphin is pretty bumping into it Mm -hmm. yeah unless probably he was trying to gain some kind of telepathy or something right i Mm. think he was just gonna fuck a dolphin and wanted some privacy he didn't fuck a dolphin according to you what else do you do in a sensory deprivation tank with a dolphin well you wouldn't feel it What we do know is that for much of the time that the story of Margaret and Peter's romance was writing itself, Dr. Lily was in the same building floating in an isolation tank, many times on acid, ketamine, or mushrooms. In a later interview, he claimed to have floated upwards of 60 times while on acid. I just imagine him, like, laying back in an isolation tank and just, like, he's not listening to it, but, like, it's, like, panning up from, it's like a bird's eye view of him in the tank and comfortably numb by Pink Floyd is playing. He's just sitting there, like, laid back with his arms (laughs) spread out and it's just like I have become comfortably numb and he's just like naked with a smirk on his face hmm it's a nice image I mean in like the worst way possible do you think he was friends with Jim Morrison no he was friends with like Carl Sagan and uh oh god who's that I think he's a beat poet he's got the name that's like Alan Ginsburg. Alan Rickman. Ruth Bader Allen Ginsburg. Nope. The other one. Well, anyway, I heard the number 60, like uh, as far as how many times he was in the isolation tank with acid. I heard that number from Lily himself during an interview that he did in 1992 with Kathy Erlen Sokol. Who's that? Uh, she appears to be an author that wrote a book about Bob Marley. So, Imagine taking a sabbatical from your biography on Bob Marley to interview this guy. That's what you go to you go to do when you're on break. For the me. only person who's less in touch with reality. I mean, I don't know. That's <laughs> a lot of people like Bob Marley. I don't know. You say what you will about Bob Marley. He never like forced animals to. Have you're right. LSD. Right. That we know of. Yeah. Right. That yeah. we know of. Yeah. Jamaica's or a crazy place. Employed people that fingered dolphins and. Or jerked off dolphins. Either, either way, you know. You uh, the interview that I listened to, you, by the way, it sounds like it was recorded in a damp cave. Uh, it would complete with like the dripping noises and everything. I have that Amazing. sound effect if we want to use that. Oh, yeah. It from you did it in the cave from the yeah the witch. Yeah, a yeah. lot of yeah. 
Yeah. I think Amazing. I like to think he was just doing the interview from inside of the deprivation thing. <laughs> <laughs> Again, really defeats the purpose of sensory deprivation. Let me hook up this uh, this uh, microphone and we'll put all this in Get here. in with me. Can you hear the Pink Floyd? Do I need to turn that down? <laughs> you want to turn that down? Let's, let's turn it down a little bit. Okay, what was that question? No, I can't turn it off, actually. The Pink Floyd stays on when I'm in the tank. <laughs> <laughs> um, either way. He explains how he started taking acid and then getting in the isolation tank that was on the floor above the dolphin tank. As I said, he took over 60 LSD trips in one of those tanks, and I think it's fairly obvious that he melted his fucking mind. Yes, I agree. It's pretty obvious. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. Okay. Um, <laughs> I don't know if you guys are going to disagree with me. He's fine. Uh, he's he actually fine. says he's, he's fine. actually aggressively not fine. Chugger walks, Chugger walks in and goes, Dr. John Lewis, my fucking hero <laughs> where's my button he's back and he wants his fucking button two chugger two not coming this summer they took everything from him <coughs> the ballad of the chugger not two three minutes to paradise where's my fucking button This movie is not your rated. They're just thinking about like, it's not going to make itself come. <laughs> it's like an episode of 24, but it's just three minutes. Chugger, the Taliban is taking your button. You have to get it back. You have three minutes. We charged you a flight. <laughs> How many of them are there? Kiefer Sutherland is just now in a buddy comedy with a monkey. <laughs> Chugger, your button is in Bin Laden's cave. It's next to his hard drive. Oh, ah, 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 ah. Yes, he has been watching Tom and Jerry. He actually says, Dr. Lee, back to we're back to the, the tank here. He says that the first time that he did it, uh, take acid in the tank, that is, he was terrified, and when he came down, he just cried in the tank, uh, and he said that he used the tank for hours a day, sober, before he ever started tripping. So. Just a regular pruny old man. It's a little prune man. Prune man. There's no reason to say that. Who's that? To the to come the t- together oh. with your hand, feel the rhythm while you can. Prune man. <laughs> don't like that at all. The best part of the interview for me was at one point he talks about how he used to try and bridge the communication gap between humans and dolphins, but now he's moved on and he wants to bridge the gap between uh, the communication gap between males and females because he just doesn't understand women and he was married three times. Women can't live with them. Can't live with. Were you gonna? Okay, uh, I was gonna say though I, I've heard that Earth girls are easy, but why, <laughs> why can't it be easy to understand what they want for dinner? <laughs> Am I right, fellas? Let's go. Nick, you hate women, right? Silence is compliant. Uh, Silence is compliance. Is yeah, that- <laughs> I, I got nothing over. I don't know. I don't know. I mean, no. The answer is no. I don't know. Do I hate women? No. Do I respect them? Also, no. What's actually? Uh, I'm getting a call. Well, let's patch in uh, Top G here, Andrew Tate, and uh, we'll have him uh, see. If <laughs> it just shows that you can be the world's most brilliant psychonaut and still have troubles at home. I can communicate with dolphins using only my mind, but I can't for the life of me understand why my wife insists why we watch How I Met Your Mother. Why are you Italian? Are you doing like a... <laughs> I don't know. <laughs> I'm more interested in how I met Mother Earth. <laughs> That's what he says. This, this sounds like just the most terrible sitcom. He's a mad scientist interested in communicating with dolphins. She's a regular woman. 
And they took Chugger's button. <laughs> he give wants me, it back. Give me back my fucking button. Give me back my fucking button. There's, this no, there's, no, there's no laugh track. It's just dolphin sounds. <laughs> Dude, that would actually be really funny. He just... We make a two-minute trailer of a monkey kicking in a door with a gun, and, and then he's like, I want my fucking button, and then the audience laugh track is just a dolphin. Yeah. As the interview continues, Lily discusses how he thinks that we will eventually merge our brains with cetaceans. Cetaceans? What, like it's fucking... I don't need a citation. Freaky Friday, but it's a dolphin. No, but they, like imagine Jodie Foster and... Who is that? I don't remember. I, I know Jodie Foster was in the first one, but I know that I, I just remember the remake was well, they, Lindsay Lohan. They switch brains, but with the dolphins, yeah. we're going to yeah. put the brains together. What happens when a teenage girl switches brains with a dolphin? <laughs> <laughs> From the producers of Freaky Friday comes a wet and wild freakier adventure. Friday. <laughs> the freakiest Friday. A wet and wild adventure. This film is not yet rated. I'm covered in dolphin cum. <laughs> I have to take my driver's ed test, but I'm a dolphin. I'm a dolphin? <laughs> <laughs> the, the fins, the stubby little fins. You can't, you, can't, you, you can't grip the steering wheel. You just you do, you can't have the fins. Yep. <laughs> he uses his cloaca to oh steer. The <laughs> well, the dolphin. <laughs> it's just it's a fish tank with wheels. That's <laughs> It's like a fish tank and he's in it. It's like the Pope Mobile, but it's filled with it's water. It's a Pope Mobile full of water. He's he's just driving with his nose. Here's what I think that we should his do. Beak. Continue Lily's research into building a dolphin car. Te- don't teach them English. Teach them how to drive. Me me. <laughs> anyway. Okay. Well. <laughs> According to Lily, it's already happened. We've already we've already merged brains with the dolphins. Uh, he communicated telepathically with them while he was on LSD in the in the tank above the dolphins. Actually, see, this is the thing, though, right? Because uh-huh. how do you know? How does he know that? He doesn't know that. He's fucking on acid. He's so fully aware. He's, he's completely convinced. When, well, when how does it not... How can you rule out the possibility that it just feels like that's what you're doing and you're just high? So here's the thing. When you you're in a self... That's when you're happening. in an isolation tank, you are self-governing. You control uh-huh. everything around you. Yeah. No, you're just a you're just a fucking prick because <laughs> for real, like you uh, you know, you just think you're better than everyone else, and you're actually in there just malfunctioning for it's a like, couple hours. It's That's like what going you're doing. into school, like when you're a kid, and being like, "Guys, I figured out how to time travel." It yeah. was really late last I night. I can and smell I closed colors. My eyes. And you're just you're basically and saying I like, "Closed my eyes and I woke up and it was I have later. massive <laughs> amounts of government resources, and I can use them to fuck around and drop out on yeah. life and not be responsible." for right. anything you sound kind of jealous oh yeah i actually am you don't fucking get it nick the more, acid was simply a nick, the government gave you ten thousand dollars you should be a little more grateful <laughs> <laughs> then they took it away <laughs> did they uh don't get me started we're talking about student loans yeah I don't know. they didn't give him the money well <laughs> okay nick doesn't fucking get it the acid was simply a tool that lily used to expand his brain which enabled telepathic communications with the dolphins at first but then it enabled telepathic communications with other universes. Oh, now I get right. it. Okay. In fact, in fact, it allows Lily to phase in and out of <laughs> hyperspace and the present reality. So it's kind of like how um, Bush Light is your tool yep. to driving better and yeah. having a good time. It's like a Kurt Vonnegut novel, but I'm drinking Bush Light. 
Right. Yeah. The breakfast of champions. Mm-hmm. <laughs> oh, man. Well, according to Lily, the dolphins invited him in, and they are inviting all of us in as a species, including you, Nick, even though you're a doubter. Uh-oh. And a hater. Mm-mm. A dolphin hater. A liar no. and a snake. A liar and a snake. Um, they're inviting all of us in as a species to closer relations with them, closer love relations even. Margaret is actually a step ahead of everyone here on this one. Margaret's a, a step bro ahead of it, the rest of us. So, yeah. Obviously, Dr. Lily's brain experienced some adverse effects from years of psychedelic abuse. Yeah, that's a really nice way to say he melted his fucking mind. Well, you know. I mean, it, it was implied earlier that there is a dose that gives psychosis. So I, think, <laughs> I, think he, I think he got there. He, he did. Yeah, so you get the elephant share. He figured it out. <laughs> <laughs> is that like the lion's share? Yeah, but you don't want this yeah. one. Yeah, <laughs> lion's share is good. That's like you get extra beef jerky. This is like your brain melts and they have to give you meth. And yeah, right, right. Yeah. I don't think my Adderall prescription is going to cover psychosis. Yeah. So following his extensive psychedelic experiments during the 60s and 70s. And by experiments, you mean he just took psychedelics. And gave them to animals. Yeah. Well, following all of that, the United States actually federally outlawed LSD in 1968, at which point Dr. Lilly became heavily dependent on ketamine. Oh, this good. is where it's going to get fun. Good. So he switched from a psychedelic. This to one's a fine, though, right, guys? Yeah. Yeah. His, I can have this one. It's, a, it's not a psychedelic. It's a tranquilizer that causes psychedelic hallucinations. Oh, good. This one's not illegal yet. <laughs> <laughs> so a colleague of his, Dr. Craig Enright, uh, introduced Lilly to ketamine in the early 70s. And Lily began using it in the hope of treating his chronic migraines that he'd experienced every 18 hours for as long as he could remember. Every 18 hours. Yeah. Like on the dot? I think that they're withdrawals. Yeah. Yeah, probably. It's so weird. The only thing that gets rid of these headaches that I have every 18 it's hours more is drugs. when I have drugs every 18 hours and then it comes back. Boy, I wish I could stop doing these drugs every 18 hours, but when I do... <laughs> I feel bad. I No, I want to quit drinking. But here's the thing. Every time I quit drinking, I get really shaky and I beat the shit out of my kids. I, I have to for my kids' sake. I don't even know who I am after that point. I'm, I'm there. I'm dosing the monkey. I'm putting electrodes in his brain. I don't like sober me. I don't want to be that guy. So like I said, his colleague, uh, Dr. Enright, introduced Lily to ketamine. He began using it to, cre- uh, to treat those migraines that he'd had for 18 years. I think you said your wife had those, Ian? Yeah, every time she gets a migraine. She- every time you want to have sex. Yeah, she gets a migraine every time I want to have sex. It's really weird. Huh. That is strange, yeah. yeah. I, I, it's funny. Like the, the weirdest part is like you're not, you're not married, so. But, but if I was, yeah. I mean, I imagine this is you know, the way it would go that your wife would have here we go like it would go like this like hey i want to have sex (laughs) i would like to engage oh sorry i I got a migraine again oh wow has it been 18 hours already (laughs) that's that's crazy well did you have your ketamine yeah (laughs) (laughs) well it sounds like ian's imaginary wife needs to see john redcorn he's a great homeopathic healer you get a nick on the account of the migraines oh yeah little king of the hill great i don't know if i can go on from here i think that's that's all I had for today. Well, as above, so below us. So during the migraines of the early 1970s, uh, Dr. Lilly attempted to alleviate the pain by having... Well, sorry. During one such migraine in the early 1970s, Dr. Lilly attempted to alleviate the pain by having Dr. Enright inject him with ketamine and uh, while he was in the isolation tank. 
He, in fact, attempted the same treatment using acid prior to its criminalization, but, you know, he was, now that it was illegal, he was trying it with ketamine. Yeah, of course, yeah. You gotta follow the laws. Right. You got to. Dr. Lilly was a lot of things, but he wasn't a criminal. No, he right. was not. I think that's important. No. He was criminally underutilized in the government. Yeah. He Even he society. had an American flag, like, in the dolphin tank, probably. Yeah. Did he? Flying. In wow. the, yeah. yeah. Yeah, all of With his senses were, were deprived except for his sense of duty to his country. <laughs> he, he he even, I believe, he um, medically extended a dolphin's flipper so he could put his hand over its heart. <laughs> he gave it fin enlargement surgery so that it could salute the flag. Right, right. Like So every time that dolphin watched Monday Night Football, it was able to cross its heart when the Star Spangled Banner came. Yeah, they swam for the flag. <laughs> they... they for the cross, and they swim for the no, they flag. Electric eel for the claw for the cross. Oh man! Well, so okay, okay. So this is going to bring us to something that comes up a lot when researching Dr. Lilly, which is his opinion of the human brain as a sort of biocomputer that can be programmed and reprogrammed. I think we talked about that at the beginning. Uh, it definitely points back to his experiments with mind control for the U.S. government. I mean, he's not all like that's. See, that's the really weird part about him is that he's like 60% of the way there. That's what I was talking to Nick earlier, though, is he quite literally is a brilliant scientist with an incredible mind who took LSD 60 (laughs) times in an isolation tank. Right. So all of a lot of that stuff is still there, but he's actually crazy now. Yeah. Like he's He's gotten, he's just permafried. Yeah. I I might go another direction with it. And I would go that maybe um, doing acid that many times is what it took for him to realize that he is not a good scientist. (laughs) And so he just decided to fuck around. He's leaning into it. No, I think he he cannot produce good science. I think he's very full of himself later on. Yeah, exactly. Yeah. Yeah. As my, he uh, just, he won't give up on the dumb ideas that he has that are not leading anywhere. Yeah. Maybe they're good ideas. You ever think of that? No, they're not. As my high school biology teacher would say, that's BS. (laughs) As my high school biology teacher would say, I told you not to get it on my dress, Ian. My biology teacher was a guy. Did he make you go in the litter box? (laughs) In the same way that doctors must dehumanize their patients and view them objectively as if a mechanic looking under the hood of a car, Dr. Lilly saw the the human brain as like a programmable machine. Hmm. You have to look at it objectively. Even his own brain? Did he look at his own brain that way? Yes. He cut it open and looked in the mirror. He saw his brain as separate from... Like, you you were joking about it earlier, but his body... Excuse me. His body and his existence as a human being on Earth, following the rules of getting married, having children, yada yada, he saw that as a completely different existence from his brain. And it, to me, it just sounds like a drug addict because it's like you have one life and then your other life is just getting fucked up. Right. Does that make sense? Cause well, see, you say that, but I say he's got his third eye open. Maybe that's the difference. Well, he definitely wrote about that in a book um, that he wrote in apparently 1868 because I don't know how to proofread. Um, <laughs> Holy shit. Yeah, he went back in time and he wrote this book called Figured Programming. He wrote this book called Programming and Metaprogramming in the Human Biocomputer in 1868 and they actually burned him alive. Yeah. <laughs> that doesn't make any sense. They were so. like, what does this have to do with anything? We're yeah. trying to kill the South right now. They were like, the fuck? <laughs> <laughs> Get what all, do you mean, computer? Get all, get all this yank mumbo jumbo out of here, cracker, please. <laughs> well, back in back to the ketamine. Uh, Lily thought that by using this substance while in the sensory deprivation tank, he could reprogram the circuits in his brain that resulted in migraines and eliminate the headaches. Again, not a crazy thing to think. So did he? Did it? Did he try like 
exercise, diet, or anything like that. You know, not doing drugs. Yeah, he's sw- well. Okay, no, not, not no alcohol. His diet was acid ke- to ketamine. His diet was ketamine. Maybe cutting out the c- c- caffeine or no. Okay, it was the sixties. It was a different time. Yeah, yeah. Well, this is yeah. So this is the early seventies. Whatever. No, I'm saying it is a different time, but like. Why would he try right, the 60s and He 70s has a shortcut. That's like my girlfriend's like, you have trouble sleeping at night. Why don't you like eat earlier and exercise? And I'm like, yeah. Or if I drink a little bit more alcohol, I go to sleep like. I just pass out. Right away. Hmm. Sure, I don't wake up. Hopefully. <laughs> they, they, uh. Yeah, I got fired from my job. As a disciple of John C. Lilly. <laughs> <laughs> and Andrew Tate, the top G. I realized that I could reprogram my brain into being an alcoholic by just pouring as much alcohol down my gullet as possible. No, um, he thought but he could get... Your brain is a <coughs> computer. It's like a... Your brain's a... Morty, 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 your brain's actually a computer. Morty, you can reprogram it. <coughs> uh, you turn your brain into a pickle. <laughs> and then Peter the Dolphin's just like... I don't know. I want my fucking... I actually have a quote here from self-proclaimed crackpot historian Adam Go Rightly. Adam, Dennis doesn't sit right with me. Anyway, Go Rightly about this attempted treatment of the migraines. Nick, would you read that for us? Yes. As Lily floated in the isolation tank fluid, Enright injected him with 35 milligrams of ketamine. K. Yep. It's K, it's K for ketamine. Oh, it's, it'll be called K from here on. Okay. Within what? a few minutes... Lily could actually visualize the migraine pain moving out of his skull. Oh, that sounds like progress. To a point levitated, it moved into a point that levitated there in an aperceived space. Mm-hmm. What does that? What does that even mean? Yeah, it's aperceived. a state of mind. Is it? Yep. Lily felt no pain whatsoever for some twenty minutes. Wow, that's I think what ketamine does. Yep, <laughs> until it once again re-entered his head. Mm. When Lily began moaning and groaning, <laughs> <laughs> he, well, in, he was jerking in the tank, and he's moaning and groaning in his water-filled <laughs> sanctum of pain. <laughs> Enright injected yeah, him yeah, with another. Can, can you imagine the Hellraiser demons in a sensory deprivation tank? This time, Lily felt the pain moving farther away, twelve feet. This time. Mm-hmm. He's measuring it specifically. Yeah, that's so fucking weird. And okay. is standing there with a measuring tape outside of the tank, like, "Okay, John, now I'm at ten feet. Is it this <laughs> far away? How far is the pain?" <laughs> Thirty minutes later, the migraine lightning bolt of pain came rushing back, lodging itself once again into Doctor Lily's head. It's like a scene in Go- it's like the scene in Ghostbusters when they're trying. They're like, "This is trying very to very interesting." <laughs> <laughs> mm. Did you cover the part where he injected him again? Yes, yeah. seventy milligrams. Mm-hmm. This That's crazy. There's a third. There's yeah. a third dose. Yeah, are you getting this? Are you getting this? This is we need to. Re- this is crazy. Like, okay, I take the drugs, uh-huh. and for a certain period of time, the pain is gone, and then it comes. You're back. telling me that this painkiller, and then I take more, and it's this gone. miracle drug. And when I take a higher dose, it's gone for a little longer, and, and I don't have a headache. Back. Are we writing this down? These <laughs> results are astounding. They, sh- they should make one of these that gets rid of headaches and reduces fevers at the same time. A duality. I interrupted your Ghostbusters thing. I feel kind of bad about that. Yeah. Who are you, you going to call, Ian? What you were going to say? <laughs> Got him. Wrap it up, boys. Just feels so important, unimportant. Does it? 
Okay. <laughs> no, I don't you care. came onto his podcast and insulted him. You yeah, yeah. Thirty on minutes Ruby's later, the migraine lightning bolt of pain, and we said we said that part. Mm-hmm. Right. Yeah. So, okay. Here's here's what happened next. Okay. You're never gonna believe this. Nope. Enright <laughs> reloaded the syringe. Yeah. Same syringe. Goddamn. Uh-huh. And he shot the good doctor up with 150 milligrams. Yeah. This time, when the pain vacated Lily's head, it kept on going and didn't come back. <laughs> Clear over the horizon, never to be seen again. An hour later, after the K wore off, Lily climbed out of the tank, a new man. Right, so in no way did Enright just give his friend a lifelong addiction to ketamine. That's just not at all what happened. I mean, I just hope like Lily didn't have hepatitis or AIDS, because he could have. Well, co- AIDS co- hadn't been invented yet. He could have gotten it again. Right. They given it back to himself. Do you think ketamine cures AIDS? No. Yeah, I, I think if you take ketamine in the sensory deprivation tank and you go into your head and you say, "Get out no, of me," no more AIDS. <laughs> no more AIDS. Ronald it's Wilson possible. Reagan. It's possible. Anything's possible. So, you think maybe he gave him a lifelong addiction to ketamine. I think that he helped his friend reprogram his human biocomputer and rewire the portion of his brain that caused him those regular migraines. Yeah, this all just sounds like a really big cop-out. Oh, yeah. <laughs> it's okay. <laughs> ah, look, we have the uh, the modest Kool-Aid man. <laughs> Check him out, everybody. He didn't even burst through the wall. I can't say it on TV anymore. He used the door. <laughs> So, seeing this experiment as a success, Lily and Enright agreed to test ketamine further. On one such occasion, one week after they cured Lily's migraines, even though the migraines came back sometimes, uh, Lily we observed... Cured him. <laughs> we did! We did! For 30 it. minutes it's, at a time! It's we every, did. <laughs> He only gets them every 19 hours now. Boy, that K is really something. <laughs> <laughs> Took the K out of headache. Okay, so one week after they cured the migraines, cured, Nick, Lily observed as Enright like dosed jerky. him. Cured like beef jerky. Wow, it all, cu- full circle. Full circle. The it's K- all connected. Full Put, circle jerky. Putting the K in teriyake. Uh, Lily observed as Enright dosed himself with ketamine, and we have one more quote here from Go Rightly. Nick, do you want to read this one again? So instead of beef jerky, bring Mary ketamine is what it sounds like. Yeah, she's going to love that. Yeah. On this memorable eggs. occasion, Enright injected himself with a measured dose of K and, with Lily observing, began a strange odyssey into the primal archetypical regions of his psyche. Mm. Unbeknownst to Dr. Lily, Enright had reprogrammed himself, quote, to return to the pre-hominid origins of man, unquote. <laughs> it's just jacking off. <laughs> yeah. Okay. Bunga bunga. He's throwing shit at him. <laughs> Fascinating. Enright, in this programmed, quote, altered state, unquote, <laughs> displayed all the typical features, movements, and sounds of an ape man. Capitalized ape man. It's Mr. Ape Hopping man around you. in a crouching position, grunting, growling, ranting, howling, gesticulating, shaking frantically with his arms. While all of this high weirdness was going on, Lily assumed that Enright was having some sort of seizure. But he didn't know what was really going on. <laughs> he was he was in his pre-hominid state. He was, he was in the deep state. Yeah, he was. Next time I get pulled over for drunk driving, I'm just going to say, I'm, just in, a, I'm in an state. altered state. Is that, did they just come up with a scientific term for goblin mode? Though in close proximity Gross. with each other throughout the entire experience, the separate realities they were experiencing were of entirely different natures. Oh my god! And so when 
inside your head, you're yeah. not feeling the same <laughs> thing that I'm feeling no, I all am. the time. No, I am. Oh my god! I'm so empathetic that I actually don't have any of my own feelings. I'm just like I'm split between you and Ian right now. I so exactly when I the same way. talk and interact with other people, they're really alive. Like yeah. they have different views and. Oh my god! Well, you mentioned character. Breakfast of Champions earlier, and the whole premise of that book is that the the main character Dwayne Dwayne Hooper thinks he reads this book by Kilgore Trout, where he's convinced that he's the only real person and no one huh. else is real. So, so basically, oh, here, you, the Y2K virus actually happened. And basically, every, half of all people are fake. <laughs> is it? Oh. Here's what Enright experienced. Enright's okay. reality consisted of a confrontation with a leopard. <laughs> That's with a D, not a leopard. That's what they used to call MILFs. So. Which he drove away with all, with all his arms flailing. All of his arms. All two of them. Grunting and wild gesticulations. That sounds pretty similar, though. To the other reality, <laughs> gesticulations don't happen. Yeah, every there's day. just no leopard. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. Finally, en- Enright climbed up into a tree. That's probably where the leopard is, bro. They're pretty good yeah. at climbing trees. Yeah. Right? Climbers. Yeah, yeah. Good at um, it. Which Lily couldn't see the tree. Okay. Crazy. Mm-hmm. And he he stared down at his friend and colleague from the branches above. That also sounds kind of pre-hominid. I don't know. So they basically just tripped without a babysitter. That's no. Uh, uh, Lily was the babysitter. Oh, he just watched his friend tri- go pre-hominid. <laughs> Your Honor, my it's like was going in it's like mode. going sicko mode, but <laughs> <laughs> it's just pre-hominid mode. Dude, dude, if you don't shut the fuck up, I'm gonna go pre-hominid on your ass. Dude. <laughs> oh well, God. from these experiments, they're not experiments; they're just tweaking together. Okay. Well, I once saw a guy conduct experiment with a metal <laughs> spoon. <laughs> Sorry. Well, I once saw a guy conduct an experiment with a metal spoon and a lighter under a bridge in Seattle, so I think I know science. The crazy part is that that was Enright that you saw. (laughs) Well, he's dead. We'll get to that. I killed him under the bridge in Seattle. So from these experiments, Lily and Enright developed three conclusions. The first one. Actually, I want Nick to read these. These are great. Read these conclusions for us. Yeah. First, Uh one's internal reality could differ radically from the external reality in which one was participating, even with regard to prominent features of the physical environment. Mm -hmm. So, okay. It's possible to be crazy. Second, the person might remain active physically in the external environment in a matter not as so... Was this Italian? Associazione. (laughs) Associazione. Cosmic egg. <laughs> Cosmic egg. I don't know what any of this means. <laughs> 2002. <laughs> Wait, what? Um, I'm just going to... Okay. Associazoni Cosmic Egg 2002. Skip. Okay, in a manner not... not responding closely yeah. to one's internal experience of this activity. Associazoni. third, <laughs> one could remain totally oblivious to this disparity. All I right, just so in say. summary, here's the scientific... Uh, you know, yeah. These are the science. These are the three laws. Associazoni Cosmic First, Egg 2002 sounds like an industrial metal album. <laughs> Coming soon from author and Punisher. Associazoni. <laughs> Here's the three laws that they developed. Yeah, yeah. These are the the great scientific mm-hmm. uh, discoveries of our age. First, you can get too fucked up. Uh huh. <laughs> Second. <laughs> I mean, that's, that's uh, so with, without the egg, <laughs> there's point. only one rule. <laughs> Sir Isaac Newton needed a bunch of rules, but fuck that nerd. <laughs> Don't get locked in the portal. That's yeah. what they... That guy couldn't yeah. even admit that he liked putting penises in his mouth. At least these guys admit that they like to party. <laughs> and yeah. fuck dolphins. And you, no might, one you, fuck- might not even, you might not feel like to you that you're too fucked up, but everybody around you, they know. We I all like know that you're high. The, the rule is... Yeah, so like, whatever's happening around you that everybody sees, like... 
In your head, it's it's probably like you could be doing something else. <laughs> <laughs> like, okay, you're at a party. Everybody's sitting around. They're all talking. They're drinking beers. It's like fine. You're having fun. But in your head... <laughs> It's like See, that meme see? of the party and the dudes in the corner. It's like they don't know. They don't this is what I'm saying. This is what I'm saying. Like like this <laughs> Dr. Lily and, and Associates, his yeah. friends. This is what I'm saying. They're like <laughs> Dr. They, Lily and his associate nurse the ketamine. Time, the whole time they think that they're making brilliant discoveries. <laughs> they're, they're actually just, just discovering that work. they're assholes. <laughs> like if they're just discovering that they're oblivious yeah, to the fact right. that they like are just like entitled kind of douches. You it, know? It, right. If you're at a party and you're in the corner of the room and everybody's talking and drinking and having a good time and dancing and, and you're in a corner and you think that you're actively engaging in coitus with the universe. <laughs> I need you to tell somebody <laughs> and I need you to have them call like your, poison your, your emergency or- contact. <laughs> poison control you may have accidentally drank raid instead of a beer too many packages of desiccants from your jerky tank (laughs) all right so basically like nick said there 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 are three things they learned here yeah uh one too many drugs give you a drug trip two (laughs) that drug trip is entirely unique to what's going on in your brain yeah and three water is wet so ketamine was now a part of Dr. Lily's life, and it would remain so for almost the entirety of it. At first, he operated with what he referred to as a safety net. Uh, it means like when he did ketamine, he wore a hard hat, and he made sure that he was OSHA compliant. No, he, uh, he, he, uh, he did controlled doses, and he, he had an observer present. But eventually, his increased usage made him brash, and he would just ingest increased amounts alone. So he got a tolerance to it. He got a tolerance to it, but he also pushed the limit, I think. Yeah, he's truly putting in the man hours to study the science. Hey, man. Uh, we don't deserve Dr. Lily, and he doesn't deserve himself. <laughs> On one such occasion, he took a large dose of ketamine and climbed into his hot tub. Quickly realizing the water was too hot, It's too hot! It's too hot! He stood up in an attempt to lower the temperature, but his muscles collapsed, and he actually fell face down in the water. Yeah, well, uh, fortunately for him, using ketamine had actually... Enabled him to uh, reprogram his brain to breathe underwater. He found his inner fish. Yeah. So he has a sensory deprivation tank and a hot tub. It's not the same thing. On he the also has a hot dime. tub. Well, the, like he doesn't get enough of that at work. He goes home <laughs> and he has a hot tub. Well, hot tubs for chill. It's like they're like it's like a mullet. <laughs> the hot tub is is the party in the back, and the sensory deprivation. It's all business. He's not. He's all not business. fucking look. He's not fucking around in the hot tub. The sensory okay. deprivation tank is the uh, black tie version. Yeah. of a hot tub. Hot tub is the is the uh, is the uh, what do they call not not like not business casual. What's the step below business casual? Just casual, I guess. I don't know. A hot tub is the casual Friday version. I wouldn't of the know because I'm all business. Tank. Number one. Yeah. Number two, it's like going to your work uh, Christmas party and then going to your buddy's Christmas party afterward. Right. You know, exactly. the hot tub is it. But. It's still a party, but like at the end of the day, you know, you work with these people. Yeah, thanks, thanks for clarifying. You You're got welcome. it. Yeah. Well, I'm gonna clarify something else. Uh, Ian said that maybe Dr. Lilly uh, reprogrammed his brain to be able to breathe underwater. That's actually not true. Uh, he somehow he didn't reprogram it correctly, and he he began to drown. Actually, oh. um, to drown or drowned, he began to drown, and uh, Go Rightly actually said. 
I just don't like that name. Go He's drowning under the weight of his own genius. Yeah, and uh, and in the water actually, yeah. as, as well. So <laughs> and literally, uh, Go rightly said Lily was totally conscious at this point, but due to the effects of K, he was unaware of the external reality of his drowning body. He was conscious only of his inner world. Huh. Yeah, that would be. I wouldn't want to go there. <laughs> Not while you're face down in a fucking hot world. tub. I don't know. He's just drifting away. Huh. Go Rightly uh, sounds like the name of a business that hosts Christian websites. <laughs> isn't it's go, an alt-right think tank. Isn't, yeah. isn't Go Rightly the uh, go rightly. the Holistic Detective book series by uh, Douglas Adams? No, that's Dirk Gently. Go Rightly. What did I say? What did you say? Dirk Gently. What did I say? Go. Fortunately for Lily, a friend called to speak with him at that moment, and when his wife brought out the telephone, she found him face down in the hot tub, his skin already blue. Well, here's the thing. Did she ever consider maybe he was uh, practicing his dead man float to impress all the other kids at summer camp? (laughs) You may assume that this cheating of death was nothing short of a miracle, uh, an incredible intervention of faith, or even an indictment against hot tubbing alone. He likes to party. Leave him alone. Yeah. So, to Lily, this dance with death only served to confirm a deeply held conviction that he had believed for a long time. (laughs) (laughs) Yeah. I mean, that... All right. What what does he believe, though, really? We haven't established this. I'm going to tell you. Okay. Yeah. Uh, He was staunchly convinced that the course of his life was, in fact, being guided and protected by extraterrestrial beings... Of a higher power. Oh, gotcha. Alien guardian angels, man? That's fucking sick. He had alien angels in his outfield. Yeah. Mm-hmm. Like an alien Dennis Quaid would be cool, actually. That's, That's Dennis Quaid, right? That's Dennis Quaid actually is an alien. So. Oh. <laughs> no. Whoa, no, because if you think about it, Christopher Lloyd was in Angels in the Outfield and then My Favorite Martian. Yeah, it was actually Joseph Gordon-Levitt Dennis was the Quaid's kid. not in Angels in the Outfield? No, that, you're thinking of Field of Dreams. Oh, uh, my God, I am thinking of who's Field of Dreams. Who's the, the, in the outfield is like... That's an oxymoron. Keanu Reeves or, and John Cusack or something. The two of the outfielders are like famous actors. No, it's it's Adrian Brody is one of them. Oh, cool. Yeah. Lily referred to this transcendent network of benevolent beings as the Earth Coincidence Control Office or Echo. And then after he found out from them what the real name was, he's like, ah, 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 ah. <laughs> no, 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 it's Echo. It's, it's Echo. Echo. You guys are called Echo. Echo, That's what Echo, we're Echo. While Echo, Echo was there, direct, ah. Echo. Is that Gorilla Zoe? I thought it was... Is it? Yeah, it's Gorilla Zoe. Okay, yeah. You wanna know. Yep. Or there's the R. Kelly one that's like, I wanna hear you echo, echo. I wanna hear you tinkle, tinkle. But only if you're under 18. Because he likes uh, getting peed on by um, younger women. Yes. So, Or he likes peeing on them. I yes. think he did the peeing. Yeah. He wants to be in control. He didn't have to do the peeing. Classic man. No, he did. He, <laughs> His hierarchy of needs peeing on people was at the top. Yeah. So while Echo was there to direct and protect Lily on his journey through his kaleidoscopic experiments, uh, primarily of a psychedelic nature, Echo was also there to push Lily towards self-improvement and the conquering of his worst fears through various tests. So essentially you're just... You have a permafried guy okay. who is being talked to by extraterrestrial beings. And protected, yeah. Yeah, this guy, he's got to run out of luck soon, right? Well, why would they be interested in him, you know? Oh, I'm, I'm going to tell you. Okay. He invented yeah. Chugger. 
We loved what you did with the monkey and the cum button. We were wondering if you could do the same thing. Hello, we are from outer space. <laughs> Thank you for making chugger cum every three minutes. That ruled. <laughs> Can we have a button? <laughs> From what I could find, the tests that Echo uh, put Lily through were comprised mostly of psychic shock therapy and uh, psychic surgery. Ooh, tell me more about that. We actually talked about psychic surgery, but this briefly, is a kind. We briefly talked about in it. the Doctor Etienne Deschamps. Episode. We were actually going to cover it more extensively. We're going to. Okay. Yeah. But I have something else that I'll have to talk to you about after this. It's going to blow your mind. But So as an example of psychic surgery in this case, uh, there was one evening where Dr. Lily was watching television after what Go Rightly called a, <laughs> quote, kick-ass shot of K. <laughs> a kick-ass shot of K. Real big fucking good-ass, good-ass, bomb-ass, dank-ass, fucking bomb-ass, dank-ass shot Yo, of K. Yo, some, some sh- there's some some kick-ass shit. He's just loading, here. like, ketamine in a bong, and he's, like, smoking it. <laughs> you want to hit? Yeah. He's like, oh. well, what was he watching? Huh? What was he watching on TV? No, oh, we don't know what he. I don't. We don't know what he was watching. I'm not sure it matters at all. I just want to know if he was just like a. Was he more of a, an American Dad or like a South Park kind of guy? I don't know if he watched adult cartoons. I don't know. It doesn't say. I'm not sure it's important. If it was, go rightly. Uh, the crackpot historian would have included it. I think. Do you think Doctor Lily was smart enough to understand Rick and Morty? Oh, that's an that's an internet thing. So there's this scientist, right? Yeah. He does a so, lot of ketamine. Dr. Lily was watching TV into a while high on ketamine when an alien agent of Echo appeared. So let's just say he is intelligent enough to understand Rick and Morty. Do you think he's pro or anti-pickle Rick? So the agent of Echo proceeded to test Lily by bloodlessly amputating his penis before calmly handing the organ to Lily himself. Here you go. I, I got this for you from you. <laughs> Why would they, I mean, come on, right? I mean, are they really going to, this is obviously for Here, Lily's take mind. it. I, I don't know how I feel about Pickle Rick. That's fine, Dr. Lily. We aren't talking about Pickle Rick right now. I'm Penis uh, Rick. <laughs> <laughs> I am trying to hand you your own severed penis that I have just removed with a glorp glorp laser. As you can see, there's no blood. They've gone and cut off my gut dang penis. When Lily actually yelled out that last sentence, his wife Tony rushed into the room to help. Look at my penis gone. They slashed it clean up with some sort of space laser. Oh no, 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 I see your penis. It's right there. It's still attached. A lot of blood though. No, I'm pretty sure Echo actually took it. They've sliced off my penis. Really? Get in there and take a closer look. Oh yeah, you're fine. Right there. Huh. There is something down there. Would you look at that? I have a I have a different penis. Echo must have swapped out the old model and give me an upgrade. We actually gave you a downgrade. This <laughs> penis is worse. We gave you the worst penis we have. <laughs> Real bottom of the barrel stuff here. <laughs> this one was on clearance. <laughs> <laughs> I like to imagine a barrel full of penises. No look, one else look, wanted it. Like it's not Walmart. actually gone. It's just the dolphin penis. It's fully... We gave you a dolphin penis. It's kind of like the Walmart movie bins, except it's a bunch of penises. You either got a dolphin penis or a Nicolas Cage movie. <laughs> this either is way, a combination of both. Either way, it's a $5, $5 deal right there. <laughs> well, with this new and improved male member, Dr. Lily immediately realized that he could become erect at will. Of? 
on, off, on, hard, soft, hard, soft, fascinating. Hey, Tony, get back in here and look at this. My dick can get hard. Which jerky did you take today? (laughs) The one labeled K. Okay. Lily's newfound superpower only lasted for about an hour or until the ketamine wore off. It was then that Lily realized that the mechanical alien penis had vanished and... Well... It was only then that Lily realized the mechanical alien penis had vanished and been replaced with his ordinary human penis. You know what I always say. Easy come, easy go. We took that shit back. (laughs) Even our bargain bin alien (laughs) penis is light years ahead of your normal lame-ass human penis. It turns out when we did inventory, we were one penis short. (laughs) We needed yours. The in- the interdimension the, the interplanetary penis exchange. We used them to play darts, and we only had two. <laughs> throwing them out of a giant dartboard. This is how we make our echo children. Your penis smelt like lasagna. <laughs> <laughs> we don't want that shit anyways so this is going to actually take us right into a little something called solid state intelligence or ssi when he lost his penis wouldn't it have become the uh the flaccid state intelligence he didn't lose his Mm -hmm. penis it was replaced with oh yeah sorry a better penis and then an hour later when the drugs wore off he got his old penis back okay fair enough my my mistake this is like an episode of narcos we changed our mind. <laughs> Give it back. You've heard of Indian giving. Stop ready touching for it. Giving. You're not supposed to make it hard over and over again. That's you're not putting, what it's for. You're putting a lot of miles on it. <laughs> I guess it'd probably be work hours. You should only make it hard when you're going to use it. Every 18 hours. We put a lot of work into making it not be bloody, and you're filling it with blood over and over again. (laughs) Okay, Solid State Intelligence, SSI. Essentially, Echo was the good guys, and SSI was the bad guys. While Echo was a group of higher extraterrestrial beings, SSI was more of a malicious supercomputer whose ambition was hegemony over all biological life on Earth. It was basically just uh, the master control from Tron going, I'm going to have to put you on the game grid. Open the penis bay doors, how? <laughs> I can't let you do that, Dave. Is this a good uh, time to point out that SSI came about when Lily rammed up his ketamine intake? I like how Echo uh-huh. this stands for, like, the coincidence... What was it? Earth it Coincidence for? Control. Earth Coincidence Control. Like, he like he believes that there's this, this sort of secret organization that controls coincidences, but he's yeah. really bad at putting together that when he does more ketamine, he... <laughs> Gets more no, you're thinking about it. Flip it. Flip it. Right. It's not a coincidence because they control the coincidence. So if you think about it as a coincidence, you're thinking about it backwards. Listen, basically there exists a Cosmic Coincidence Control Center, or the CCCC, and within that there is a substation called Galactic Coincidence Control, or the GCC, obviously. And if we break down the GCC even further, we find the Solar System Control Unit, or the mm-hmm. SSCU, right? Coming together. So Echo is, in fact, part of the SSCU. Did you guys get all of that? So... All of these are just different community colleges he flunked out of, right? <laughs> no. 
That would be a coincidence. So remember that Echo is the benevolent force which protects all that is good in our solar system, and SSI is essentially a supervillain that wishes to harm and dominate all living things. Together they form the perfect archetypical fight between good and evil. Huh. So Echo... Uh-huh is fighting for all that is good in the solar system, yes. which just happens to be exactly the same things that I, Dr. John Lilly, think are good. Uh-huh. That is a coincidence. <laughs> it's huh. okay. Good thing they control those. Wow. Well, it turns out that Echo couldn't do it on their own, and they needed Dr. John Lilly's help to prevent SSI domination. He was the chosen one, obviously. And so they charged him with the task of incredible importance, which was to warn the rest of the world about the dangers of ISIS. SSI. Hey guys, have you heard about this thing that you really need a new chainsaw to fight against? Basically, there's this force out there called SSI. And they're the bad guys, right? So what you got to do is you got to huff a lot of butane and and smoke some ketamine. And then, hey, Allison, you're really hot. So... Lily first encountered the SSI during the fall of 1974, while the airplane he was aboard landed at LAX. Looking out the window, Lily spotted a comet, and at that moment, the SSI burned a malevolent message into Lily's brain. Mm. We are solid-state intelligence, and we are going to demonstrate our power by, uh, I don't know, shutting down all solid-state equipment to LAX, I guess. Is that good? Guys, Uh. did I get that? If it's seared in the brain, it's good. Did it sear? (laughs) Smells medium rare. You're fine. (laughs) Lily quickly warned his wife of the coming attack. I'm sorry, but we're sure he's not just beating his wife and blaming it on an evil alien supercomputer. It's horrible. This nefarious alien abacus from the darkest, (laughs) evilest corners of the universe actually pushed Tony... My wife down the stairs at the best Western that we were staying at. Oh, my God. That's horrible, man. Is she yeah, okay? The real fall of 74. No. <laughs> no, it's awful. It's crazy. I, I told Tony. I warned her, as I do numerous times, that we were going to be late for the continental breakfast. And that the SSI, the evil computer, it, it just really hates people that are late to the to continental breakfast. Obviously, it's, not, it's bad behavior. And I mean, it's complimentary. You have to be there on time. You're not even paying for it. So. Yeah, muffins and stuff, I guess. Um, anyways, I'm, I'm sorry to hear that, man. Is, uh, is the baby okay? Because, like, I know Tony was pregnant, so... The, the what? Oh, fuck. Oh, my God. The... The... <laughs> the wicked <laughs> supercomputer has, has taken everything from me. First... The Continental Breakfast at the Best Western, and now my only child? Oh, no, no, no. It's Tony here. I'm fine. I landed in the biscuits and gravy. Oh. Yeah, nothing to worry about. Baby's fine. <laughs> nothing to worry about except for the biscuits and gravy. It's complimentary. It's co- complimentary. I got two twin beds. And a rollout cot. And a, and a sofa bed. Really? Yeah. Huh, we should go to a hotel together. $48 a night. Could you believe it? Yeah. <laughs> I believe it. Well, immediately after Lily had warned Tony of the imminent SSI attack on LAX, the airline pilot announced that they were being rerouted to land at Burbank because a plane crash near the runway had taken out some power lines and caused the airport to experience power failure. That's an amazing coincidence. Uh, 
echo. So anyway, uh, Lily continued mm-hmm. to ramp up his ketamine intake, right? Yeah, and uh, with that, the warnings from Echo increased, and generally, these came in the form of 3D Technicolor visions beamed directly into Lily's fucking mind. The most pressing of these warnings was that of global destruction. It always is, too. Seems important. It always is. Yeah. Yeah. Uh, so, Go Rightly states that Echo's message to Lily was that this planet is on a collision course towards destruction. All atomic weapons must be dismantled if this planet is ever going to have a chance of surviving in the future. Rampant technological progress is to blame for the sorry state of the planet, regardless uh, if it was facilitated by alien intelligence or humans. Yeah, anything that shows that there are, uh, you know, negative repercussions to doing whatever the fuck you want, don't do it. It's usually a bad thing, yeah. yeah. When they tell you that we've got technology's gone too far, you just remember that you can order a junior bacon cheeseburger to your house at any point in time. Yep. And drunk driving's illegal now. <laughs> Today they made it. <laughs> just now. They did it. What a what a loss for what a what a horrible day for progress. So according to Echo it was entirely up to Dr. Lilly to warn global leaders of this coming apocalypse. To bolster his courage, he injected himself with ketamine every hour for three weeks straight, and then he called the President of the United States, Gerald Ford. <laughs> Mr. President, Cokehead on line one. <laughs> How does this guy keep getting this number? I... He just picks it up and presses the operator. He's like, get me the president. He's like, Helen, are you not vetting these calls? Well, here's the thing. When he called, the White House aide who answered refused to open their eyes to the severity of the situation, obviously. Yeah. No matter how much he tried to convince them. But he was, like, a pretty renowned scientist, and he had interns. So I guarantee you he just was like, Just keep calling. Stephanie. Stephanie, come here. I need you to give me the president. And then she was just <laughs> like, Okay, John, I don't know if that's a good idea, if I should do that. And he's like, Stephanie, who's the scientist here? I am... You know, hand me the syringe of ketamine and get me Gerald Ford on the line, okay? So, fearing a break from sanity, one of Lily's interns actually had him institutionalized after this. That's where he met um, Saddam Hussein in prison at the institution. Yeah, Guantanamo Bay. <laughs> yeah. No, actually, they put him in a normal mental hospital. Uh, Saddam Hussein was in like a much more expensive private mental right. hospital. However, even though he was put into a mental hospital, Echo had Lily's back and utilized the influence of the scientist's many friends in high places to secure his release. Yeah, okay. I'm just going to point out again that it just sounds like this guy is so fucked up all the time that he has found a way to quantify good luck. Yeah. And calling it an alien force that decided that he's the most worthy person. It just sounds like thanking, it's the ramblings of a drug addict. Thanking God when your team wins the Super Bowl. Right. Yeah. yeah. Well, this same intern uh, actually tried again to have Lily institutionalized at a different hospital, but again, Echo intervened and Lily walked free. Well, hopefully this was eye-opening for him and maybe he toned it down on the ketamine. Well, actually, he increased the ketamine uptake uh, again, uh, but he did it. For a reason. You think he's just a drug addict, but he did it in order to maintain contact with what he referred to as his, quote, space brothers, which I'm pretty sure. <laughs> they called me that. They did. Well, he, I'm not calling them that. That's what they called me. Space brothers, I think, was just Echo. You think he's like, what's up, space brothers? This all just sounds like it came out of Justin Roiland's mind. 
Like, yeah, or into this is this is what happens when you have mental illness and drug addiction from a like a background of wealth and yeah and privilege. This Where is, is Hunter Biden's laptop? You, you know what? You know what the flip side of this coin is is Gene, uh, Gene Otto. You there's two roads you can be you can go down when you're this mentally. Oh, Ill the Robert rich. the Doll kid. Yeah. Yeah, you yeah, either yeah. become John Lilly or Gene Otto. Those are your two options as a mentally ill rich person. An artist or a scientist? Well. I mean, that's... Dr. John Lilly was both. Eventually, even those selling Lilly ketamine believed that he had gone too far and his sources began to dry up. Yeah, well, the road to recovery is a really long one, but you just gotta keep trucking. Well, even though they were holding out on him, in order to maintain his important correspondence with the Space Brothers, uh, without his regular source of ketamine, Lilly began to experiment with chemicals that had similar <laughs> effects to ketamine but lasted longer. Guys, you don't understand. I can't do this without the ketamine. I'm out of ketamine. <laughs> <laughs> look, look, I gotta talk. Daddy needs his medicine. To echo to my space bros. No, I, I, I want to help. I, I do. <laughs> do you guys have any tinfoil? It was during a trial run with one of these new drugs that Lily's relationship with Echo reached an important crossroads. Apparently, shortly after he had ingested the new drug, Lily's wife called and asked him to help her come. <laughs> and he said, I don't know how. Where's the labia? Clitoris. Uh, Lily's wife called and asked him to come help her as she had locked herself out of her car. Wow. What a what a bad time for Echo to stop looking. Yeah, Echo won't help his wife at all, just him. Right. Yeah. So But Lily not yet feeling well, he actually no, he couldn't talk to Echo and she wasn't on ketamine. So Well, just because he couldn't talk to them doesn't mean they're not there. Don't you remember the, the three laws, man? Yeah, were you paying attention? <laughs> Don't well, tell your wife. Sometimes a person's interiority is not the same. Nick and, I, <laughs> Nick and I were Nick and I were talking about the three rules, and Ian was up in a tree in, in humanoid form. Yeah, it is pre-hominate. Trying pre-hominate, to get away from yeah. a leopard. Yeah. You screaming and throwing shit at us, and ah ah ah. He hit Ruby over the head with a with a club, and he drug him into the bedroom. <laughs> that part was really funny. That was great. Bonk. Yeah, well, because Ruby's internalized thoughts were different than mine, so... Oh, totally. <laughs> yeah, his were actually pretty blank after that. <laughs> Just nightmares. <laughs> so Lily, not yet feeling the drug kick in, jumped on his bike and began riding towards his wife's location. However, roughly halfway through his journey, the drugs started working, and for the final time today, I will turn to Go Rightly and Nick for help describing this scene. Lily was zapped up by its intoxicating magic and instantly felt quite wonderful with the wind blowing deliciously through his hair. (laughs) It was as if he'd taken a trip down memory lane to the days of his freewheeling youth. So he, I think he just, like, grabbed, like, a household cleaning product. (laughs) And and (laughs) he took an aerosol can, and he was just huffing on it. He just got some computer duster and just went up to town. Honey, Tony, I found this incredible new thing. It's called a whippet. It's not a dog. Go rightly continues to say. Mm-hmm, mm-hmm. Unfortunately, this flashback full sense of euphoria came screeching to a disastrous halt when the bike chain suddenly jammed and he was catapulted onto the harsh reality of the concrete pavement, <laughs> puncturing a lung, breaking several ribs, and suffering cranial contusions. They're, they're having an echo meeting and they're like, which one of you fuckers forgot to check the bike chain? <laughs> that was me, sir. I apologize. He's like, I want your gun and your badge on my desk by nine. We are now adding a fourth law. <laughs> check the bike chain. What is this? A 10 speed? <laughs> Clorp Dorp, you are fired. 
The bicycle crash resulted in several days of hospitalization, where Dr. Lily was once again visited by the otherworldly representatives from Echo. This, the second they put the IV in. Yeah, yeah exactly. <laughs> They're like, oh, hello, Dr. Jones. Good to see you again. What would you like today? <laughs> ketamine. Ketamine. A lot of ketamine. I'm going to be your doctor today. I'm Dr. Jolly, and what I have is morphine. <laughs> That's not going to help. Morphine me. into a brother. joke. Let's go. He had a Shimano shifter. I did not think that it was possible. I can't even say Schwinn. It's not me. I don't want the ketamine. It's the Space Brothers. They need me to be on it. They need me to be at the only way. Do you think that maybe it would be safer if we had him use a scooter? <laughs> it's got a direct drive. All right. So perhaps one of those one wheel things. In the hospital. Go Brightly uh, yep. continues on to say. Mm-hmm. Um, they told him he had a choice. This is Echo saying. Yeah, yeah, Echo is talking. He could go away with them. The For space, good. The space Brothers. <laughs> For good. <laughs> or remain on the planet. Oh, that's an easy call. Associazone Cosmic Egg 2002. <laughs> yeah. The, uh, yeah. The Italian representatives at Echo. Aruba Dirty. Um, something, something, mend his body and concentrate <laughs> on more worldly he could affairs. Stay, he could stay on Earth and mend his body, yeah. Right, right, right. In the hospital. Where, where the ketamine is. Um, the good doctor wisely chose the latter. With this decision came a turning point in his life and a conscious effort to focus his remaining years not only on more earthly matters as opposed to the whims and wishes of Echo, but to dedicate the rest of his life to his wife, Tony, and their soulmate journey together through physical time and space. So Echo really Full never circle. needed his help. The only one that really needed his help was his wife, Tony Soprano. The true Space Brothers was the friendships we made <laughs> along the way. Goodbye, Dr. Lily. We switched your penis out again. <laughs> Enjoy. Got you, bitch. <laughs> Dump it out. This one is always hard, no matter <laughs> what. <laughs> Enjoy taking a dump. <laughs> you will never have a dry foreskin. Also, we took your foreskin. <laughs> Peace out, loser. <laughs> we are going to get Sonic. <laughs> They come out on roller skates. It's fucking hilarious. <laughs> They're called car hops. <laughs> it is like a drive-in, but you stay in the car. Press the red button. Coincidentally, that is also the button we use to enter our warp speed. <laughs> I want my fucking button back. Uh. No, Echo never needed his help. It seems like... Uh, I guess that they successfully thwarted SSI without it. Um, or, you know, I have a theory that maybe Echo has been holding off the destruction of our planet by SSI, and maybe they can't hold on much longer. Honest to God, this guy could have started Scientology. Oh, fuck. We can't keep going. We're at our end. Our penises have run out of charge. <laughs> Penis is where our energy comes from. Sonic discontinued the chili dog. <laughs> I'm crying. <laughs> Shortly after Lily. <laughs> Shortly after Lily's decision to remain on Earth, his friend and former ketamine colleague, Dr. Enright, was fatally injured in a car accident. As Enright lay dying in the hospital, Lily visited his friend and said the following. 
It's not so bad to die, Craig. I've been to the brink myself a few times, and I've seen over the edge. The beings have told me on several occasions that I was free to go with them. But I decided to stay here and continue my work in this vehicle that everyone calls John Lilly. <coughs> they showed me that I am one of them. You are one of us. I know that you know this because we've been there together. Whatever you do, Craig, I love you. Well, Lily's not the one dying. Yeah, I got confused in the middle yeah, as well. Was, no. he's, talking, oh. he's, talking to his, he's talking to his dying friend. Died, yeah. Whatever. Got hit by yeah. a car. Yeah. He's just... You sound really stupid what, right now. Whatever you That's, do, Craig, I love you. I'll never love you as much as I love the space bros. If and that ketamine. happened to me and I was Lily's friend, I'd have been like, I'd be don't, pissed. don't let this be the way I go. Do How did you... scientifically badass right now so <laughs> that I die doing something cool. How did you make me dying about you? <laughs> can you help me? Well, the best I can do is 70 milligrams of ketamine and I'll inject it right yeah, in this, your butt this cheek. This violates the first law, you know? <laughs> He's the one dying, not Dr. John Lilly. People have different things happen to different people. Welcome. But they figured they were the first people to figure that out. They really were. Welcome to Echo Heaven, Dr. Enright. This way to the ketamine sector. We will implant your button shortly. You can have as many buttons as you want here. So um, they all really bring Sonic people. And right, uh, you're not going to need your penis, are you? <laughs> <laughs> Here's the thing. Straight uh, to the again, ben. When Echo gave me the Ever Erect, uh, it's the newest edition. It's the finest I one they like have. I don't like it. It's too much. <laughs> it just doesn't. Uh, here's the thing. Willy Wonka's Ever Erecting Cum Stomper. Every urination is pure torture. It's just a really sad trickle. It's just like, it sounds like a fucking kinked hose. I can only produce dust. Well, we made it. Here's the thing. That's not the end. But, this was supposed to be a one-parter. We've done, this is the this is the fourth part. We did three Peter the Dolphin. We did this John Lilly. And there's, there's so much more. There's all this stupid shit that he does. There's, I'm talking secret societies with Carl Sagan... Project Janus, do your own research there. Um, the Order of the Dolphin. Sounds like I'm just making up like Harry Potter titles. white supremacist <laughs> groups in Harry Potter. Harry Potter and the Order of the Dolphin. Yeah. He also proved that the COVID vaccines are killing people, but the research was suppressed by the government. Yeah, even though he died in 2001, <laughs> he knew that... He already uh, knew. He, he died of heart invented COVID-19. He died of heart failure in 2001, uh, a month after getting the, the jab. Yeah. Well, he I invented heard. them too. Did they ever put him in free speech jail? He's in there right now. Thanks yeah. a lot. Echo actually uh, is just a bunch of liberals. That I it's all about global warming. If you think about right. it, right? Yeah, right. I mean, basically, That's what they used to call it. <laughs> what do they even call it now? You know, <laughs> all pronouns. <laughs> they, them, Echo, climate change. So I'm not going to do any more of that. Yeah, I'm done with it. I'm sorry, I've had enough. He uh, he died. He had heart failure, not from the vaccine. We're all vaccinated. He here. made it till into his 80s though, which is pretty amazing. Yeah, yep. yeah. Check out his website too. www.johncelilly.com. Yeah. Doc, I feel yeah. Like by the end there, he was a sensory deprivation tank. Like he walking around. That's what he was. <laughs> it's the, just called dementia. The yeah. interview I listened yeah. to him uh, that I was talking about earlier. He it was nine years before he died. About eight. Yeah, nine years before he died, and he was like impossibly gone. Like he would just drift <laughs> off in the yeah. interview, and then she'd be like. 
where were you just now? Were you in hyperspace again? And he's like, God, I'm in hyperspace again. <laughs> my penis is still erect. You know what probably happened is the dolphins actually were so smart that they figured out how to, they figured out the telepathy before he did, and they just fucked him up. Oh, yeah. Yeah, they were yeah. like, thanks for murdering right. like half of us and sticking electrodes, sticking electrodes into, what's his name? Elrond. No, the Elrond one dolphin. Hubbard. The one dolphin that they just like stuck shit in his head while he was still alive. Elrond Hubbard. Chichi. Sissy. I don't know. Sissy and Chichi. No, there's a third one. Who's the male? Baby. Baby Sissy and Chichi. Chichi and Chongy were the uh, the dolphins. And um, anyway, he did a lot of fucked up shit to animals. He really did. Yeah, but the most fucked up shit he did was the friendship was to along the, the way. Was to the true animal, which was Doctor John Lilly. <laughs> He was just a passenger in aboard the vessel that we all refer to as John Lilly. Right. And he took a lot of steps to reprogram. A lot of people would call that brainwashing, but not him. He would call it rewiring. Um, and uh, thankfully, in almost every other strip mall, you can now... Soak in it in a tub of warm salt water. Yeah, in the at dark. Least, at least he didn't ever end up doing any of that normal, lame, stupid, empty, normal people shit. Yeah, like having a family and no, he did. He adopted some kids. He had three wives. Yeah, well, because he didn't understand. You know women. what I mean, though. Yeah, no, yeah. I, I he don't. didn't really do that. Yeah, yeah he did. Well, <laughs> Echo was actually a big, a big hand. Echo over. helped him. Echo yeah. fucked his wife for him. <laughs> Echo, Don't worry, Echo John. We'll take care of it. Echo made sure that he chose the broken condom that time. Yeah. Echo's like, the only part of the woman we do know is the G-spot. <laughs> uh, it's all well, circumstantial. It's Thanks for listening, everybody. Nick, we appreciate you coming back on. and Next week's going to be different. I'm sorry. Yeah? Next week's going to be different? We're just, we're never doing this again. I don't. Doing what? Podcast is over, guys. I'm sorry. That's it. You're never gonna. This is the last. I one. have never. I have never felt dumber than I did today. Where I was listening to a different. I'm not gonna make fun of this guy's podcast. It was a different podcast, and it was like a super like scientifically spiritual guy that was like reading one of Dr. Lily's books, and it was about how we are all the god of our own universe, and I was trying to listen to it in the car while I was driving over here, and I just. I just thought about pulling the wheels, you know, just just 90 degrees into the median. Uh-huh. Or, you know, just off the shoulder into like a ditch. Because you know there's something so much better waiting for you. If I'm truly the god of my own universe, and I can finally... Dying is inconsequential then. I can finally be with Chugger again. <laughs> then I'll play the hits. Yep. Three minutes between my head hitting the steering wheel. And Kid Rock's American Badass playing in the background. <laughs> and me being with Chugger again. Subscribe well, to us on Twitter, or follow us on Twitter. Subscribe to us on TikTok. Follow us on uh, Instagram, mm-hmm. at LSLDPod. Is Twitter's LSLDPod as well. TikTok is LSLDPod also. Yeah, yeah. I'm uh, on uh, Twitter. I, I bash my bros. I'm at LSLDEan. Mm-hmm. Nick, what's what's your Twitter? Uh, Nick J. Ferraro. There I am on Twitter. Wow. Keeping yep. it simple. Wow. Don't know That's F E R R A R O. That's Great. my last name. 
N-I-C-K, the letter J, F-E-R-R, A-R-O. Uh-huh. www.twitter.com forward slash. Yeah. Nick J. Bugatti. Hosted by GoRightly.com. GoRightly.com. <laughs> Nick uh, J. Bugatti is... Um... All right. No. So we have, a, we have a promo at the end here. Yeah. We Go have... to uh, mammothheadwear.com. Use code LSLD at checkout for 10% off. Yeah. Is that what it is? What a two, deal. Two of you have done it, or one of you twice. Do uh, you have a huge brain, like, only comparable to the likes of Dr. Lily? Do you think that the three rules apply to you? And so that the three straps on a normal hat, a normal snapback, just aren't enough. They don't suffice. They really you're cutting it close. They really Maybe you're cutting it close. Mm-hmm. Go to mammothheadwear.com. Get yourself a normal-sized hat. Well, not a normal size. It'll hat. look normal. Trick people into that, thinking one, you're wearing that, a normal sized hat. Fits that weird dolphin blob you've got going on. Yeah. You know I mean? Are you a dolphin? Are you a little dolphin man? Are you a little dolphin? You a little fucking freak at home looking like a dolphin? Go to Mammoth Headwear and get yourself a big hat. Get a hat. Get a big hat. Um, they even have some hats that are 25 times the size. <laughs> get yourself a Tusco. Tusco's last hat. They have those on there. It's uh oh my god. We should make Tusco shirts. That's good. Write that down. Anyway. We'll uh, be back next week. and uh, Finally over this. Yeah. This is done. We're never doing this again. Next week we're going to do something fun. We're going to do a war. I'm very, very excited cool. about it. Derek is trying to war. I'm trying to war. And then uh, and then we're going to record a little more. And so you can only get that on our Patreon. Don't forget it's our exclusive after party show where we. Derek is allowed to get drunk in those. I'm a, that was a bottle cap. We're unfiltered. There's no script. The only script is, these are the jokes, people. That's all we got. Subscribe to a little more. Um, As above, so below me. Please don't kill yourself. Unless you stuck electrodes in the top of a dolphin's brain. And took a lethal dose of ketamine and then antipsychotics and then uh, something, whatever the downer was, and then also amphetamines. Yeah, to an elephant? Yeah. If you did any of that stuff, you could kill yourself. That's fine. So Dr. Jolly's still out there. Yeah, at large. Laughing. Live love. Live life laughing. He's out there having a good time. Okay, bye.